What's up guys? Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Holy moly, we're on episode 66. 66. Ooh. Getting up there, man. Yeah, Soon it it's going to be 70 and hopefully we'll be an in-studio in Los Angeles for the episode 70. I think we will. Really? Uh, yeah. That right? Tough. That's what, four weeks? Yeah. So once Well, it was 71. 71 will probably be in because 70 is on the 31st. Oh. So close. <laughs> so close. That you know what that means. What? It just means that our forever guest Rebecca Kennedy will have to be on twice. Oh, of course, in the first month, of course, because normally she would be on. She'll have to call in on seventy, yeah, and then she'll be our first guest just a couple weeks later. Exactly. Like, you know, so, but I, that's going to be exciting. It's going to yeah. be so exciting to have our first in studio guest uh, be. Rebecca Our forever Kennedy. Guest, Rebecca yeah, Kennedy. it's gonna be fantastic. It's gonna be so good. It's gonna be, it's gonna be so good. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. Oh, man. A lot of Disney, a lot of Marvel, and we got some Netflix stuff too. A lot of little interesting stuff There's, with Netflix. Always seems to be a trend in the industry, yeah. News, right? Yeah, I mean the big boys. You know, it, it could be. Yeah, exactly. It could be because Disney and Netflix basically dominate the industry. <laughs> exactly. I mean, they're they're, they're running Hollywood. And guys. They are. Oh man. Well, let's get started with Disney's release schedule for the upcoming few years, man. Now, we've all been wondering, when's Avatar 2 going to come out? Is there going to be more? Well, apparently there is. But it was pushed back due to some Marvel films. It was. Yeah. It uh, was. They are, it says, let's see, that the first sequel is being pushed back an entire year mm. to 2020. Oh, no, 2021. Oh, oh it was supposed yeah, to come, it was supposed out, to come 2020. out in 2020, now 2021. Mm. So two years from now. Yeah. My bad. I, I mean, I know he's been waiting for that, man. Yeah. And apparently so, because it just goes on the next, like... Every other year, he's going to be releasing Avatar 3, Avatar 4, Avatar 5, and by 2027, we're going to have Avatar 5. Right, right. You see, he's got a trend, though, and he does this, and and he's a sneaky guy Yeah, because he releases at the end of a year, Mm -hmm. and then goes into the following year and just holds those things forever. Yeah. We were looking this up the other day because, you know, and we're going to talk about this uh, a lot in the in the industry news, but, yeah. you know, this, because he's number, you know, the biggest movie of all time, yeah. Avatar, blah, blah, Yeah, James yeah. Cameron, yeah. But Avatar, guys and gals, <laughs> was in the theater for 34 weeks straight. 34 weeks. It opened in December and didn't go out until August of the Ooh, following year. Damn. Of course it made a bunch of money. Yeah. And Titanic even longer, 41 or 42 weeks yeah. in there. Yeah. So That is crazy, man. Do you, you know, think he like specifically does that for his films? He's like, no, we're going to pay to have this bitch in there for however long I, you I know, want it in I don't there. know if, he, if he's involved in that decision making or not, yeah. but he certainly, it would seem so since all of the Avatar movies are being released that same in December. Yeah. The same way as the first one. It mm-hmm. kind of seems to be like and to be fair, it might be a smart move because in December they're not competing with other summer blockbusters. Exactly. They can stay on the screen for a long time. In fact, think about what we just said. The one left in in uh August, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They 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 finally leave when summer movies yeah. come up. It's so true. he basically runs the holiday and dead time mm-hmm. until the summer starts. Yeah. I mean, so it's <sighs> a, crazy. it's it's smart. Yeah. But I don't know if Disney will allow that. Yeah. Disney seriously. doesn't really hold their films in that long. Yeah. Even I think the longest they've held a film was in uh the last Infinity War, not Endgame, but Infinity mm-hmm. War, and it was like 20 weeks. Oh wow. So will 
Iger allow a 43-week run of a movie? Yeah, I don't know. That's, I don't know. that's interesting. And, I mean, you brought up Marvel, and they're pushing back a few X-Men movies and a few other Marvel movies, too. They I, are. I don't know if you saw. I know there was a lot of debate on what's going to happen with this new Mutants film. It, is it going to pop up on Hulu or what? But it does have a release date now for April 3rd, 2020, a theatrical release date. And this is like the third time it's been pushed back. Yeah, this movie's been in trouble, though, from yeah. what I understand. A lot of reshoots. It's gone back several dozen times for reshoots. Yeah, um, yeah. I just... I'm, I'll am i be honest. I'm, I'm not real excited about the new Mutants. Yeah. When they first announced it, I was. Yeah. I thought, oh, this is going to be great. Especially if they if they bring over a young uh, Xavier, mm-hmm. you know, because he was in charge of the New Mutants, too, at yeah. first. And a Kitty. It was an opportunity to bring in Kitty, yeah. who was a part of the New Mutants and basically led the field team. That's she it. was like the Cyclops of the New Mutants. Yeah. We could have possibly seen Colossus because one of the main members of the New Mutants is uh, uh, Magic, who's Colossus's mm. younger sister. Shit. So we could have seen some cameos. And so I was really excited. I'm like, who are they going to bring yeah. in? Because this is a really good storyline. This could be really badass. Yeah. No. No. So while been, they do uh, have I've some... I've been seeing a lot of articles saying that it was really dark and then they lightened it up and then they get it dark again. Just a whole bunch of yeah, different Yeah, I think it's been... A, they can't figure it out. Is it a horror movie? Yeah. Is it not? Because I heard initially they were set out to kind of make it a horror movie, yeah. like a mutant horror movie. Yeah. And I'm like, so... Like, I mean, maybe a dark thriller. I don't know. But an action thriller, I guess you could say. I mean, superheroes, and you give it that dark aspect as well. So, yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah, they also did another big change by removing three of the untitled Fox Marvel movies that were coming out in 2020 and 2021. Now, one of them was Gambit. Yeah. So Gambit bit the dust. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Channing Tatum. Uh, we wanted that one to happen, honestly. So I really did. I yeah. mean, and hopefully they can find a way to integrate that now into the MCU, maybe. Yeah. So yeah, they gave us the release dates for the other three Marvel films, but they did not give us the titles. So we got one coming out six twenty sixth of twenty twenty. We got one coming out ten two twenty twenty, and we got one coming out three five twenty twenty one. And that's what would have happened. And Foster, whichever whatever movie that is, coming out uh three five twenty twenty one. Right. And then they they during the shareholders meeting they released so from what I understand, we've got Spider-Man Far From Home. That's going to end this year. Yeah. That, that'll be the definitive end of this phase, and that's it. That's all the Marvel movies we're getting this year. And then next year, three. So I don't know what these pushed back ones were, but they got three next year, and then two, two, and two. For oh, the I three thought we years. weren't getting them. Marvel yeah. movie next year. Yeah. Wasn't, wasn't there talks about that? There are, and that's what yeah. it was pushback, pushback, but now it's 3222 is what the release schedule yeah. is going to be. So, that, but I mean, they normally do pump out two or you know yeah, three at least two, so I feel at like. least now it's now it's going to be like two so and it has to be coming i don't know what they've got planned but fantastic four i think is definitely going to be one of these yeah. films uh i don't i don't know about the x-men because i think they have this whole thing that they have to work because they're so people are so familiar with the x-men universe that exists yeah. in the fox movies but nobody gave a shit about the Fantastic Four movies. Apparently, most people hated all of yeah, them. Yeah, honestly. Um, so I feel like, and they, you know, they they had the Watchers. They've introduced the cosmic element of yeah. the MCU. Yeah. So I feel like they're way ahead of the game. With we can insert Fantastic Four, they'll be fine. Right. So my guess is one of those movies we're gonna see a Fantastic yeah. Four debut. 
Another hint, I don't know if you guys saw, I saw this the other day, which I thought was extremely funny. Go check this out for yourself, guys. The current Fantastic Four run mm-hmm. in the comic books, the artist, mm-hmm. go look at Reed. It's John Krasinski. Oh, shit. <laughs> it looks exact. Remember when all of a sudden they kind of changed and all of a sudden, you know, uh, Nick Fury was Sam Jackson? Yeah. <laughs> like, Go look at Reed Richards. Oh, shit. It's John Krasinski. Yeah, the new yeah. illustration. I mean, yeah, there's a, there's on Twitter, I bet you can find the picture of yeah. it. They have a side-by-side. Uh-huh. It's eerie. Oh, shit. And I think maybe that's their yeah. kind of hint, like... Maybe we just made a casting announcement. Uh, yeah. We're not telling you, so I don't yeah. know. Um, uh, it's pretty crazy, and you know, I started thinking about it because I watch a lot of the Marvel history shows about like what happened in the comic books and stuff. So, if Galactus comes, didn't Thanos help the Avengers defeat Galactus? Yes. So what yeah. the hell? Yeah, and see, with Thanos, I mean. We know the Eternals are coming. See, we can set up that whole storyline. We could potentially see Galactus and Silver Surfer before we see the Fantastic Four. Mm -hmm. Because the Russo brothers have said Thanos is still around. Yeah. You know, he's not definitively dead in the universe. Don't expect to not see him again. So how that's that, going to play Yeah, that's going to be interesting because he faded to dust. Right. So. But then so did all of them, and now they're all back. So, yeah. like, how do I... I don't know. I don't uh, yeah, know how like, that's going to happen. Like, um, a previous, like, Thanos is going to have to figure out that he dies in the future or some stupid shit yeah, like well, that. Yeah, well, like, we know now definitively also that time travel exists. Yeah, exactly. So it's not like we can't go back and grab a Thanos exactly. somewhere. So, which is really interesting, although they did say that would never be the case with Natasha. Mm, really? You just De- gotta leave her dead. Definitively dead. They Damn. said there was a reason she's definitively dead, and they left it at that, mm. and that it somehow plays into her upcoming prequel. I'm excited movie. about that. So honestly. me too. It looks I'm, badass. I'm, I'm really excited I, about I that. I saw like um, I don't know if it was some fan art or something, and it was like a ballerina pose with some guns in the air, and it, yeah, yeah, it I, looks pretty bad. And uh, one more thing before we get continue on with the. Uh, James Cameron uh, yeah. stuff. Uh, I did see that John Favreau said he would be more than willing to come back and direct another Marvel film. Oh, of course, of course. Uh, I could so see that. Yeah. I, I think if the Russos need and have earned a break, a break, yeah. Favreau, Favreau kicked it all off. It, yeah. Let's not forget that Favreau kicked yeah, it all off. Let's bring this. him back. Give him a movie. Yeah. I'm all for that. I, I would too. love to see what he does with another Marvel character. Yeah. I mean, I let, mean let's he's see killing it. it with Lion King and freaking Jungle Book. Oh my gosh. So yeah, he's, a, he's a Disney favorite now yeah, exactly. and a Marvel favorite. So let's let's bring him into the I I know they wanted to go with a female director for Black Widow, but he's got such a relationship with ScarJo. ScarJo and yeah. he brought her into the MCU oh, to yeah, begin with. The with. second Iron Man. Yeah, I think he would have been great with yeah. a Black Widow movie. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. Just saying. But, uh, yeah, I mean, sticking with Avengers Endgame, th- this one is huge. Avengers versus the Titanic. <laughs> uh, just two epic movie- movies going battle head-to-head for the top domestic and global release. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know, man. There, Number... There's a lot of hatred towards Endgame. They don't think it's going to get it. Yeah, I, but then I saw also a trend on Twitter they were using the uh, Endgame hashtag, whatever it takes. Whatever it and takes. And the fans were putting it towards beating, taking down Avatar. Yeah. What, they they were adamant about their, they're launching this whatever it takes campaign. Avatar. What are you to, talking about? Avatar. Avatar. Oh, really? To beat Avatar. Yeah. To take the number one spot. Yeah. Yeah. They, 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 want, they launched the, the whatever. They're using the Endgame whatever it takes yeah. hashtag. And they're using That's it hilarious. now as their mantra of whatever it takes yeah. to bring down Avatar and yeah. have Endgame be the number one 
number one movie. So That's I hilarious. think these people are there. They, they launch this campaign and they plan on going to see this fucker yeah. as many times <laughs> as possible and hoping to keep it in the theaters as long as possible until it breaks the record. Yeah. So it's close. Yeah. I'm it only needs there. 500 million more to take down a little less than 500 million now to take down Avatar. Yeah. And that's so, globally, right? Globally. Mm. Yeah. It yeah. took down Titanic yeah. I as mean, the biggest of all time. Expectations are it's supposed to get around 60 to 80 this weekend. Yeah. So. One thing I think it is going to do, and I'm not sure uh, if any other movie's done this. So I got to look this up, but it will be the first Marvel movie to do this. I'm pretty sure it's going to be the first Marvel movie to cross $1 billion domestically. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's closing in with $700 million. Yeah. I mean, it's going to... It's expected it's, to get that this weekend. Yeah, so I think it'll easily cross the billion-dollar mark domestically, which is, like, crazy. Yeah. Um, and another big question I have, do you think this has Oscar buzz? I think it does. Oh, shit. I think, I think it does. Oh, man, for big uh, Best Picture? Downey Jr. deserves it. Yeah. And I feel like maybe the Academy has done with... Because everybody was pissed off. You know, why haven't any of these won? Why didn't Black right. Panther? Blah, blah, blah. But I think maybe they've done what they did with Lord of the Rings. Mm. And they waited until the entire trilogy was finished. And gave it to Before them. they gave... I feel like they were letting this uh, the Avengers run. Yeah. And now that it the Avengers run is definitively over, now they're going to like Well, I'm let's not do I it. think this is the best out of the franchise. I I agree. Honestly. I, all of the actors yeah. were phenomenal, but RDJ wholeheartedly deserves a park. nod. Yeah. He I mean without doubt deserves a nod. Um and I hope they get it. And I think personally the picture the the, the film should get best picture. Yeah. And at least the nomination. Agreed. It's it's and please, fans, don't get mad. It's better than Black Panther. It is. And I loved Black Panther. Yeah. I was rooting for Black Panther to win Best Picture. So this one should definitely get nominated. Yeah. And I think, in my opinion, should win. It's yeah. a better film. So I agree. I agree, man. And uh, and it did this pass Titanic already? It did pass okay. Titanic as the number two globally. Gotcha. I see. I see. And that's what James Cameron was kind of uh, subtweeting, sub uh, yeah. being a little yeah. hater about but, it. Yeah. <laughs> and I think he's such a. I used to like James Cameron, I did too. but God, he's a cocky, arrogant yeah. motherfucker. He knows he he's like, good. Yeah. He was like, it took an iceberg to take down the real Titanic. Yeah. It took the Avengers to take down my Titanic. Yeah. And I loved it. One, Marvel. Who was it? I think it was Don Cheadle, old mm. War Machine. He said, "No, no, no! It didn't take. It took the fans." Yeah, and he congratulated the fans exactly. of Endgame for taking it down. Hell not, yeah. and I'm like, "There you go, Cheadle. You yeah. know where the bread is buttered." <laughs> exactly. I mean, but, but yeah, just mm, yeah, you know. he's he's a little bit of a prick. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and if they would keep Endgame in the theater for 42 weeks, exactly. James, I mean, you know, uh, you know, uh, every know. movie released would be number one if they kept it in there for 42 weeks. Exactly. Just saying. And I mean, ever since the beginning, I feel like the Marvel actors and the Marvel producers and the Marvel directors, everybody involved with them, have been all dedicating it to the fans. It's all been for the yeah, fans. Yeah, and what I, what I really like, and, and I'm not knocking James Cameron as a filmmaker. I do no, think he's one he's of the brilliant. masters. I think he's brilliant and everything. But it seems to me he's very obsessed with the money. Yeah. And the one thing I really enjoyed about the Marvel movies and all of the filmmakers from Kevin Feige, you know, leading it all, all the way down, is they were just making good films. Exactly. They wanted to make good films that would entertain the fans exactly. and do justice to the characters. And to the comic they books, They never yeah. once said... 
our goal is to get this much money or to exactly. be the number one movie no. or to be this. And when it when it finishes its run mm-hmm. and it's well short of whatever record, they don't care. No. They just are proud of the film that exactly. they put out. And I think that's the way it should be. Exactly. If it makes a gazillion dollars, great. If it doesn't, that's great too if it was a great film. Exactly. I mean, so... Well, I mean, I, we've talked about it. Back in the day, no one thought comic book movies would be a thing. And they just wanted to make that happen. And they did. Yeah. Honestly, all of these movies are for all the kids that grew up reading these back in the day and here it is as true as it can be honestly yeah now <laughs> now this is going to get really interesting right here okay because a couple of things i saw so we're going to transition pretty good here spider-man far from home mm-hmm. the new trailer was released was- first of all thank you for putting the spoiler warning on there i thought that was a classic yeah because it does if you've watched the trailer now you know it definitively blows everything in endgame yeah. if you're watching uh, the yeah. trailer um, at least who dies. <laughs> yeah. At least who dies, and and the, and the ramifications yeah. of how they're dealing with it. Honestly. So, it broke a record. Uh, the trailer was released at the beginning of the week, and because it ties into all of the stuff that goes on with Endgame, I have no doubt that's why it, it did what it did. Hundred and thirty-five point two million views in the first twenty-four hours. Mm. That's the largest in Sony history. Damn. The largest in, in Sony history. Let me say that again. Yeah. Now one. Obviously, people love Spider-Man. Yeah. Okay. This Spider-Man. That's what I'm saying. I want to I get this uh-huh. out there. This Spider-Man. And I think it has a lot to do with Endgame and everything. And yeah. the reason I'm bringing it up, I saw two stories. One, they think that this next Spider-Man, Far From Home, could be the first Spider-Man film, and I can't believe this, but the first Spider-Man film to go a billion dollars worldwide. Oh, wow. None of the past really? ones, as successful mm. as they've been, have been able to crack the billion-dollar yeah. ceiling worldwide. They think this one might be the first. Now, two, we talked about this in last week's industry news, the woman that negotiated the whole deal mm-hmm. with Kevin Feige and Marvel mm-hmm. Studios mm-hmm. to allow this even to be a thing mm-hmm. is no longer <laughs> with Sony. Yeah. And... Spider-Man Far From Home is the end of the deal. Now, he is clearly a massively popular Spider-Man. Tom Holland is the definitive. By the way, if you didn't know, Tom Holland has now played the character of Spider-Man longer than any of the other actors. Nice. Um, So he is now the longest running Spider-Man. Um, clearly, if it's set to make a billion dollars, they think you know it will. Do you not renegotiate the contract? You have to. Or do to. you bring him back into? Because here's what I think is going to happen: if they get ugly, if Sony gets ugly, and says we want him back in our universe, we let you guys have him, but we want him back, then I feel like Iger and Feige and the boys are going to go fine. But you're not getting our version of yeah, it. Yeah, you're not getting. You're getting. Tom. You can have. You got to. You're gonna have to recast, yeah. and you're gonna have to resuit them in a different. You know, you're gonna have to start over Goodness. again. Yeah, and I feel like that could hurt huge for Spider-Man in general. Yeah. So I say, guys at Sony, build your universe like you're trying to do in the multiverse, in yeah. the animation. That's what I was about in to the say. Things. Yeah. Logan and I talked about this uh, all week long when we first heard all the news breaking. You can have Spider-Man, just not Peter Parker. Exactly. You have a multiverse with multiple exactly. Spider-Mans. If you want Spider-Man in with Venom and all the stuff that you're trying to build, just bring in a different Spider-Man. Exactly. Fans will be fine with that. Exactly. And let Spidey, Peter Parker, 
Tom Holland stay in the MCU. Exactly. That's all I'm saying. And it wouldn't even uh, construed with the storyline because since the stones were put back and it's introducing the multiverse. Yes, if you so see- it won't even mess up anybody's storyline. Nope. If if you if you've seen the trailer, they are definitively introducing the multiverse. Now that could be a deal arranged where like. We want to keep them, but you guys want to keep them. So what if we just say there's this multiverse in both the MCU and the Sony right. universe, and you can have a version and we can have a version? I think that's I a smart be, I move. I would like that, yeah. Because the multi... Let's, let's be honest about it. And this is kind of confusing for fans, but the multiverse is being introduced in the MCU. Yeah. They haven't mentioned it no, in just like Venom or the Sony yeah. thing. So I'm wondering if this is kind of a deal that they've come to where the multiverse will be... In both in universes, both, yeah. so that you can explain why there's different spider I feel like that's the way to make everybody happy. I think so, too. So I really hope they do this, honestly, because I I can't get past. That's my new favorite Avenger, honestly. Well, and, and, and spoilers, let's just, just, spoiler, spoiler, but he, I feel like they're nurturing that to where... Peter feels like he's obligated to take over for Tony, for Tony and yeah. to be the Avenger and to be the hero that yeah. Tony was because of what happened. And I mean, that's prevalent throughout the trailer. Yeah. So you can't have that kind of, I'm indebted to Tony. I need to be a Iron Man. I need to be an Avenger and then say, okay, he's not an Avenger anymore. Yeah. Like, I, you know exactly. what I'm saying? So I feel like you're right. I, I just, I, it's the smart move. Everybody, that's my, our opinion. That's what I think you should do. Yeah. Um, oh man, but I mean, talking about some other Avengers, Chris Hemsworth now <laughs> announced to be in a comedy, well, to produce a comedy, his own production company with Tiffany Haddish. He brought her on as a producer, and it's going to be like a buddy cop film. I think he's leaning more towards comedy these days. I think he really liked what Thor went through in Ragnarok. I really think he likes how the transformation of that character went, and... I don't know. I think he just wants to try that out more than drama. I I, th- I think so too. I think it's the reason he signed on to Men in Black International. Yeah, that it, one. That's an, the one I was looking for. It's an action flick yeah. that also has a lot of comedy, yeah. and I th- I think that's his niche now. He's kind of yeah. like found that he's good at it, and you know we'll forgive the Ghostbusters. Yeah, you just you know, you know that was a ugh. yeah. Uh, but now you know, stick with. I I like. I don't know how we would be in like. Full out just comedy. Yeah. But if it's like a comedy action kind of, I think he's going to be great. And please, Disney Plus, please, Feige, please, Iger, anybody who's listening, I think, because he said he would be happy to do it, and I think he should because the fans want it. You guys remember the little Thor... Daryl thing, like you know, mm. when he was the roommate when yeah. the Civil War was going on, he, they're talking about a series, and he said he would be more than happy to do it That's to it. develop that into a yeah. series. I think it would be, especially now that we've seen hey, Thor and he's kind of like, you yeah. know, it would be hilarious, it and would. he'd get to continue, I guess, this trend of the funny Thor who's yeah. kind of settled in and found himself right. as to who he is. I, I, exactly. I think it would be brilliant. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even see that uh, this Men in Black International, it also has the girl that plays Valkyrie. Yeah. Like, that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> How badass is that? Yeah, that's going to be great yeah. chemistry. But yeah, this Tiffany Haddish one, honestly, I'm just going to say it. 
I wouldn't bring her on to produce one of my films. No. I don't see the obsession. No. Maybe we might get some hate from this, but I... Mm. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Yeah. I'm just not a fan. I don't get it. No. I don't see why she's on this huge kick right now that she's on. No. Uh, nothing personal against no. her. Yeah. I just... I don't understand. I don't really find her that funny. No. And I just... I've tried to watch her in a lot of things, and I just... I, I'm not a fan. No, I'm I mean, not either. You know, I'm sure she's a wonderful person. I don't know yeah, personally, exactly. and but uh, just from a strictly work point of view, I'm not a fan. Yeah, and I don't know how well, especially if you're going to team him up with um Tessa, mm-hmm. you know, and the whole yeah, you, exactly. they have great chemistry they together. They do, and then to follow it up with Tiffany, mm-hmm. I feel like Tiffany's in a bad spot because right. you're never going to have the chemistry that, chemistry that Tessa and them have. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's going to be tough. It is going to be tough. And you know what else is tough? The declining numbers of attendance at the box office. Yeah, this is interesting because all these films are breaking all kinds of records. Yeah. And, you know, last year was what they broke another record for the biggest, you know, year in, in box office. This year they were struggling, but now it seems like the summer and the rest of the year are just going to plow through. But. Yeah, they're they're struggling. Uh, and two of the biggies, AMC and Cinemark, both saw their attendance decline. Uh-huh. Uh, AMC by twelve percent and Cinemark by nine percent. They both said they blame the blockbusters that were released last year mm. in the first quarter, yeah. like Black Panther and stuff. And that's true. Yeah, they did have a couple of early releases right. last year that were huge films and then declined. Yeah, but it's gonna be like. With companies, Disney's not going to match profits yeah. next year either. Exactly. After after the gangbusters no, of this, yeah, you know, There's so be a significant drop. I feel like, I, I, yeah, and I mean, hmm, I don't know. Then we're going to talk about why we think maybe decline is going. I still think there's always a place, and Avengers Endgame proved it. There will always be a need for the box office because yeah. people want to see those films, yeah. in theaters. Agreed. Hence. The three hundred and fifty-seven yeah. million dollar opening weekend. Exactly. They want to see, but the rest of them, I feel like they don't now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly, it can all be streaming, man. Market. When did we say it? I, I said. I think I've been talking about it, and I know you jumped on board, and I think we've been talking about it almost the whole year we've been doing the show. I think the multiplexes are going to die. Yeah. I think we're going to go back to the single cinemas mm-hmm. and they will show tentpole blockbuster yeah. films. Yeah. And all the indie films just go to the streaming service. Is a better deal for you anyway? Yeah. Or the little bijous. There's plenty yeah. of little local theaters exactly. that will show films who are dying to show indie films exactly. like that. But I do think the day and age of the multiplex, it's going to die. Yeah. There's just attendance is not there to sustain 20 screen buildings. Great. I mean, you know, so yeah. Uh, see what happens, man. But I mean, we're talking about streaming too, as long along with the box office. And speaking of streaming, this is really weird. I <laughs> we got some theories about this, but Stranger Things. All you guys saw that the lawsuit against the Duffer Brothers that was happening against a writer who says that the dude, the brothers, stole his idea. But apparently, it's now dropped. What the yeah, hell? Yeah. On the eve of. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the trial was supposed to start Monday, and on Sunday night, he, they, dropped, they, it, yeah. he dropped the entire lawsuit and is not moving forward at all yeah. with anything. Like, damn. Now, okay, if you guys are familiar, because we've talked about this, he claims that he met them at a festival, that he pitched his idea because he was trying to find people to work with him and kind of stuff, and that they stole his idea, 
reworked it a little bit and took it to Netflix and pitched it. And supposedly there was email documentation and proof that they did make the pitch to Netflix with the title that he his project was yeah. named based on a story that his story was on. He, he had all this proof and he had phone records, the communication with Netflix and all this kind of stuff. Now... All of a sudden, for apparently none of that exists. Yeah, apparently um, he's saying that they saw uh, emails dating back to like 2010, which was four years before the Duffer Brothers met this guy. So apparently they've had it under control since then. Right. Uh, they've been working on it since then. Right. Apparently. Now, the Duffers have said that the casual conversation, and this has always been their claim, uh, in which they supposedly stole the work. Uh, and when they asked Kessler what he was working on, um, was the sole basis for the alleged contract at issue. Yeah. They, they always said that they, they never were involved in that conversation mm-hmm. and that it wasn't true and that it, you know, but it was set to head to trial. But now, yeah, just not going to happen. And I'm just going to put this out there, but theory time. Yeah, it's a theory because I'm a huge Reed Hastings and Ted Sarandos fan, huge uh, Duffer Brothers and Stranger Things fan. I'm just saying I think some happened. Some shady shit. Some shady kind of <laughs> like we're going to pay you off and then we're going to come up with this story right. to, as to why you dropped the lawsuit. Yeah. Because look, guys and gals, they're losing all of their licensed content. Okay, that's why they're signing all these deals. And we've got some stories in the industry news even today talking about deals that they're signing for original content, original content, original content. Because all of the licensed content is being pulled as the contracts are going to go to all the other streamers who are starting their own streaming services. So they were about to lose one of their most popular shows Mm -hmm. if this lawsuit had gone the way of Kessler. Yeah. And not only on top of, but had to pay out millions and millions and millions of profits to this guy. Exactly. I don't think they were in any position to want that to happen. So I'm saying they probably like, this guy wants money. We want to keep our show. Let's just pay him and we'll figure this out. That's what I think. Well, well, the way that we find out is if one of his projects shows up on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. watch very carefully to see if Kessler doesn't get a project on Netflix. I mean, that that might be... I'm just saying, and maybe this didn't go down, but I mean, come on. It's just odd. It's a little shady, right? The night before. Yeah, he's been pushing this lawsuit for over a year, and on the night before it went to trial, he drops it? Yeah. It just, it seems odd to me. Yeah, It seems odd to me. Agreed. And sticking with the Netflix stuff, you mentioned that they are signing more deals for more original content dark horse entertainment the guys behind umbrella academy have signed on to a first look deal with netflix and this involves tv projects and films apparently they already have done yeah so, this is look, exciting inter- our, uh, original projects man yeah, yeah and this is exciting because dark horse they have some great comic properties yeah you know, for anybody who doesn't know, umbrella academy is a dark horse comic book yeah. that the show's based on and netflix has made no bones they're trying to get into they're trying to capitalize on yeah. this comic book stuff yeah you know they signed Rob i don't Liefeld, blame them. you know uh deadpool creator yeah he's working with them um so yeah i mean and this is this is a big deal dark horse has got a lot of fans and a lot of good storylines yeah. that are a lot darker in nature so yeah. i feel like this could be a good move for them to put out 
out some original yeah. stuff that that would work for them. I agreed, think. and so. I think Umbrella Academy is going to be like one of another Stranger Things for Netflix. Agreed. So agreed. I mean, good for them, honestly, and good for Steven Spielberg. He's finally doing something right. Yes. Oh my yes, God. Yes, yes. Amblin Television. I think that's how you say yep, it. Yep, um, Steven Br- Spielberg's production TV production company will no longer produce CBS's drama Bull. This is after the announcement that Bull was picked up for yeah, a fourth season. Yep, it was picked up for another season. Uh, yeah, and the move was made after, which, okay, uh, good for Steve, Yeah, but this news has been out there for about a year. Yeah, Steve, you've so, been talking about it since uh, we started. Yeah, like. yeah, to be fair, though, he was probably waiting to see if it was going to get picked yeah. up. And so, so I don't want to knock him for this. But right. basically, Douchebag Weatherly, yes. For By the way, for anybody who doesn't know, uh... Jessica Elba, they were a thing way back on on uh, James Cameron's Dark Angel. Mm. She was like nineteen. Yeah, this guy got engaged to her, was hitting on her, and kind of like you know, goodness. Yeah, and he let's just say he was not nineteen. Ugh. Um, he's got a pattern of this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so another one of his ex wives is a, a huge star on Young and the Restless, and like, but ex wife, he's got a pattern of this. <laughs> so if you guys haven't heard. Yeah, uh, it involves actress Eliza Desuku. Uh yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, who was on um uh Angel, you know, mm-hmm. the the spin-off from Buffy. Yeah. Uh Elijah Dushku. And uh yeah, apparently he made uh, um some rather really, really, really raunchy, inappropriate sexual comments towards her. Yeah. Um Everybody denied it except oops problem. It was caught on CBS's own videotapes. Dumbass. Which Eliza used yeah. to show them. Hell yeah. And by the way, this was under Les Moonves, guys. Yeah, under Les exactly. Moonves, um, who apparently tried to cover it all up. Yeah, of course. Uh, they paid a settlement to Eliza for $9.5 million, which was the amount of money she would have made for her run on the show had she not right. left the show. Yeah. She was fired, by the way. Yeah, from she the was going to be a, seri- or a season regular, That's right? That's right. They like, were talking about bringing on. her on. And he was making comments about bringing her into the like the, the van. Yeah, and, the rape van yeah, the rape and like, double-teaming her Dub- with another guy. Yeah, and like, spanking her because yeah. all, all naughty girls need spankings. Yeah. And like all this kind of stuff. Um just horrible, horrible, horrible stuff. So Spielberg now, when it was announced that it was picked up, has, like you said, like Jayla said, not going to move forward producing the show. Smart move by Spielberg. Yeah. And I've got to say this. If you guys have heard, like Jayla said, I've been talking about this since day one, and I still want to say, CBS, mm-hmm. what the fuck? What the fuck? I don't care if it's making you money. I don't care if it's decent in the ratings. This guy is a scumbag. Exactly. What are you doing? You have an image. You're you up on this family, family, family. What the fuck? Exactly. What is Why wrong? can't you follow fucking Disney's lead with Roseanne and shit? Yeah. That was over a tweet. Yeah. This was actual inappropriate in person shit. Like, on tape. On tape. Caught on there's on no, your set. Yeah, there's <laughs> no question about and th- see, this is what gets me angry. Jeremy Piven. <laughs> Jeremy I'm a Piven. Huge bro. Jeremy Piven fan. They canceled his show faster than shit. Yeah. Okay? Because and I have a theory, because it wasn't a huge ratings exactly. hit. It That's was in it was. its first season. It wasn't generating all you know giant numbers or whatever. So oh, oh well he made inappropriate comments. So let's can the show fire him. Guess what? Still haven't been proven. Nobody's come forward. The women won't file lawsuits. Exactly. I don't think he did it, ah. but he was canned. Videotape proof 
of it with Michael Weatherly. You paid the settlement out to keep it all quiet. Get rid of the do the right thing. Do the, and here's what really kicks me every day. Every day I see this. I'm watching. I'm flipping through. You know those r- ridiculous CBS oh, yeah. Cares yeah. spots? Those. You've got Michael Weatherly, douchebag, shitbag, Michael Early Weatherly, telling you about CBS Cares and to do the right thing. Yeah. And about, Fuck you. What's the right thing? Bringing women in the rape van <laughs> exactly. and double teaming them, bro? No, CBS. Fire him. Yeah. Get rid of the show. Yeah. If, if Bull... Is such a great show, you think it's such a great show, then fire him and bring somebody else in. Yeah. I mean, honestly, just try to make it a spinoff like they did with Roseanne. I don't yeah. understand the problem. Yeah. And I know, and I know, because look, a lot of women, because remember, NCIS, he had a huge run on NCIS. Yeah. And a lot of the women on that show came forward to defend him. Listen, women, nothing against you. And I believe all of those women. Yeah. But just because he didn't do it to you doesn't mean he didn't do it to somebody else. Doesn't mean he didn't do it to somebody else. And it's on tape, boys yeah. and girls. It's on tape. Yeah. He did it. Fire him. Mm. It's not cool. It's yeah. not okay. Yeah. Right. Now, this next one's interesting, sticking with the TV side of things. Billy Bush, he's coming back to TV after three years, man. It's weird. Yeah, I don't, this is I, don't another, I did this, not expect this. No, me either. This is another one. He's going to be joining Fox. Uh, the new Fox, by yeah. the way, they're going to have their own little entertainment show and he's going to be the host of that. Uh, but if you guys remember Billy Bush, he was on extra and he was the host that was caught on the open mic with Trump mm-hmm. uh, when Trump was making the comments about he can get the women to do whatever he wants because he's a celebrity. And if he yeah. just wants to, he can grab them by the pussy. They don't care. you know. And Billy Bush was basically like a lackey laughing and giggling the whole time Trump was saying it and kind of agreeing with him the whole time yeah, and everything. Like going and along. You guys know he got fired immediately after yeah. it all came out or whatever. And he kind of said, well, it's just locker room talk. And I was one of the guys hanging with him. And that's why I said what I said or kind of laughed about it. Dude, no. Right. That's when you be a man and be like, what are you saying right now? Yeah, exactly. What are you, no, it's not ever. It's never <sighs> okay to treat a woman like that. Exactly. That's what you should have said, Billy. Dumbass. That's what you should have said. Um, but he's coming back. Yeah. And look, I mean, this goes back to the Louis C.K. thing or whatever. Do you never allow these people to work again because yeah. they, they, made they made a made mistake? A mistake. <laughs> or do you look past? But for me, you've got to show true regret regret, re- and, and reform. Yeah, I agree. You know, if it was a mistake, if that's not who you are and you've demonstrated that, mm-hmm. then by all means, we all make mistakes. You should move on. Right. You should have a chance to make a living and to do it. Uh, opportunity, but... but you know, I I don't know. I, yeah. I mean, he did disappear for three years. He did. Maybe he did kind of reform. Yeah, and, and like show remorse and like, everything. You know. Calm down. I don't. But still, so. I just I don't know. That's I be a host of a show. I don't know. That's going to again deal with, from what I understand, celebrities. Mm, yeah. See, so, like, is he just gonna bend to their will again? So. So I mean, we'll we'll have to see. I mean, I'm not gonna judge him until we. I mean, but. Uh, me personally, and maybe it's because I was raised by a mm-hmm. woman, a single mom after my dad died or whatever, and I right. know Logan feels, shares our sentiment, and all of the men are, that we associate ourselves with share the sentiment. I'm on a bus, and I've got a guy telling me that he can just grab a woman's pussy whenever yeah. he wants to. I'm it's saying okay. something. Yeah. I'm saying, dude, that's just not okay. What right. the hell? You know, I, I just feel like that. That should have been the appropriate. You don't just because it's Donald Trump. You don't just right. giggle and say it's just locker room talk. No, I would have been like, don't. "What the fuck, bro?" There's a line. <laughs> yeah, Look, we all joke around. We exactly. All make, we all make sexual jokes. We all make comments yeah. and stuff. But the woman that you're making it with 
has to be on board. She has to give right. it right back to you. It has like, to be a consensual thing. Exactly. I think if you're going to make sexual jokes towards each other or, or kind of like, oh, ha, 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 you know, it has to be consensual. Exactly. Much like the act itself, exactly. the joking and flirting should be consensual. If someone is uncomfortable, con- uncomfortable, and that's on both sides, people. Exactly. That's on both fucking sides. If you're a man or a woman, if you are uncomfortable by a, by a situation, remove yourself. Exactly. Like, exactly. That it's that simple. Exactly. It's that and trust me, if you make a joke, you'll know right away if anybody's uncomfortable. Exactly. You can tell if somebody's gonna play along or if they're not, mm-hmm. or if other people in the room. And let's not let's say that too. It's not just you and the person that's no, making it's the banter. everyone who's it's around everyone listening, room. like if involved. it's uncomfortable, stop. Exactly. <laughs> just stop. Agreed. Agreed. There, and there it is. And there it is. Oh man. Well, this next one, it's also interesting dealing with uh, some news shit. The BBC, a BBC host fired over a ro- a royal baby chip tweet. Yeah, speaking of douchebags. Oh man. I mean racist people, man. Yeah. Okay, and and the reason we're talking about this and we just felt like it flowed really well and and we wanted to bring it because look, there's so much hatred and racism going on and everybody thinks oh America it's not just America it's not just it's America in industry all over this guy yeah uh l- l- let's see uh Danny Baker yeah. he was a h- very popular uh BBC host um well-known British figure in media mm-hmm. um he was fired because he released a tweet after Prince Harry and Meghan revealed their baby right he released a tweet that showed a couple holding hands with a chimpanzee mm. dressed in clothes and a bowler hat with the caption, Royal Baby Leaves Hospital. Mm. This was in direct reference to Meghan Markle being right. mixed race yeah. um, and, and clearly making a racist joke about black and chimpanzees. He immediately took it down and apologized. Not good enough, bro. No, and seriously. And kudos to BBC for firing him. Yeah. Um, it's just there's never I, a place for that. No, Meghan Markle has got to be one of the kindest, exactly nicest, sweetest, most generous people ever. Her work, by the way, her humanitarian work and her charitable work and what she does for people around the world mm-hmm. was well known and well into place before long this. Before yeah. she joined the royal, exactly. in fact, that's how she met Harry. Was through the humanitarian work. It was some event or whatever. Exactly. So she's always been this way. It isn't just, well, I'm a princess now. Yeah. I have to do it. And this idea to somehow make a racist comment because she happens to have a mixed yeah. family is, is awful. Agreed. She's a decent human being. She wouldn't deserve it if she was an awful human being. Agreed. Even more so doesn't deserve it that she's a decent human being. Harry sure doesn't deserve it. Agreed. And Archie doesn't deserve it. Agreed. There's just no point. There's no reason for that. Why do you have to spill hatred towards something that is so beautiful? Yeah. This is a newborn baby. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Two weeks old. Exactly. And you're already making racist jokes. You are already introducing this poor child, two weeks old, into a racist world. Exactly. With a stupid comment like that. Exactly. By the way, bro, clearly... They named him Archie. I got a feeling he's got red hair. Uh, yeah, I swear. Okay? Like, All right. The chimpanzee joke didn't even make sense. Exactly. You're just a racist bastard. Like you should have went for a Riverdale joke. I saw like, a <laughs> great meme, by the way, because everybody jumped on the Archie stuff. And yeah. I saw a great meme that was with Archie and Jughead. Oh, my God. And, and, and Archie said... I'm a royal, and and Jughead was handing him the crown because oh, you remember Jughead cool. always yeah. handed him the crown, and he was like, yeah. "Well, shit, yeah, I guess the crown is yours." That's hilarious. That's a great meme. I get the Archie jokes, and those were in good jest. Right, those were funny. They named him Archie. You know, right, Harry's yeah. got the red hair. Totally makes sense. Yeah. 
this racist though. Now. Yeah, just like, no. So it's ridiculous. Kudos to the BBC. We love the BBC. Yeah, you guys are great. Definitely, definitely. Now this next thing, we're pretty interested to see what the mm. result of it will be. Cause damn. Georgia's about to lose a lot of money. I think so. Uh, Yeah. I don't know if everybody saw, but the Georgia governor signed into law the heartbeat bill amid the Hollywood scrutiny. Yes. Old Brian Kemp. Dumbass. Uh, He signed it in. um, The, to be fair, Living Infants Fairness and Equality Act. That's what it's known. Otherwise known as the heartbeat bill. Yes. Um, now this bill, if you're not familiar with, and if you're not familiar with, shame on you. Yeah, it's, seriously. It's trying to be passed in a lot of states, and it is important. Basically, says that a baby can be no longer be aborted once a heartbeat is detected. Now, for in normal, you know, period, that's about six weeks. Yeah. Now, the argument on the other side is, is that half the time women don't even know they're pregnant until well after the six week point. Yeah. So, first of all, I'm gonna I'm gonna refrain. We don't want to make this about our morals yeah. or our thoughts no. or our religious beliefs or non-religious no. beliefs or any of that. I'm strict. We're strictly keeping this Factual, on a business yeah. standpoint from our what we do, entertainment yeah. industry. Exactly. Now, here are the facts. Okay, Georgia had 455 productions filmed. Last year in the state, mm. 455 that brought in almost three billion dollars in direct cash into the economy, yeah. 2.7 billion dollars of direct cash spent by these productions in the in the economy. Yeah, okay, guys, that's huge. That's including huge. Black like, Panther and Endgame, yeah, Infinity War, and exactly. Endgame, which by the way, if you didn't know, shot back to back, all as one giant movie, all in Atlanta, all oh. at Pinewood Studios, <laughs> yeah, um. The economic ramifications, if and we're and I'm saying this because Hollywood has threatened to boycott Georgia if it does indeed stick, if if the law sticks. Yeah, more than fifty stars: Alyssa Milano, Amy Schumer, Amber Tamblin, Alec Baldwin, Don Cheadle, Rosie O'Donnell, Patton Oswalt, Sarah Silverman, uh, Essence. Atkins, Uzo Abuda, Gabrielle Union, Christina Applegate, Ben Stiller, Sean Penn, Colin Hanks, Bradley Whitford. Needless big to say, names, big names. names. <laughs> that's just a handful of yeah, them. Yeah, holy shit. They have vowed to do everything in their power to move the industry to a safer state for women and out of Georgia. Now, to 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 say, we have to say, they threatened this long before the governor signed it in. Yeah. And listen, I get this. The governor, this is what he personally believes. Feels, he yeah. feels that this is the right thing to do. And I do think that you, if you are religious in nature, or if you are a man of moral you know, conviction, that should help you guide your politics. Right. I'm not saying that it shouldn't, but in some instances, you can't let your own personal beliefs yeah hinder what's best for the overall amount of people exactly i feel like while he's probably doing the right thing in his mind and heart for women and i I applaud him for doing what he thinks is right for women and for the babies 
He's got to take the the entire population of the state and how many people he could be hurting by taking away $3 billion in revenue and all those entertainment jobs. And he has to weigh that. Yeah. Because that's your job as a leader of a state. You have to weigh, exactly. is this a good move or a bad move? And who is affected more? Is it going to, while it will help some women who are anti-abortion and maybe save the lives of babies, it's going to hurt, in my opinion, far more by sending revenue Agreed. out and maybe people losing their Agreed. jobs. And let's just be honest about it. Abortion has always been such a sensitive and gray area for all these years. And But like you said, this this incentive, they give around 30% back. Yeah. That's, that is crazy. Uh, th- you know, Hollywood, Los Angeles still battles every year trying to draw people back from Georgia. Yeah. The, Gavin Newsom had to pass legislation to increase film incentives again in Los yeah. Angeles to compete with Georgia. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, you know. It's it's huge. Yeah. And I got to say we you know we've interviewed a lot of people on our show and we follow a lot of uh talent that, yeah. that are based in Georgia yeah. and it's like Jayla said it's always been a gray area and controversial. We've seen people that were hugely for this bill and we've seen people that were hugely against it for yeah. what could possibly happen to their industry. Yeah. And if, I get both sides. I really honestly, do. I just think that overall, when you lead a state or and or our country, like if you're the president, you have to weigh what's not just good for a faction of people, but the entire, entire people. people. And I feel like it's going to do more damage than it is going to exactly. do good. Agreed. And don't send the hate, because you have no idea what I think personally. Right. You have no idea where I stand on those issues. I'm just telling you from a business standpoint and from an entertainment outlook and from an overall group of people or whole state of people, I think it's going to hurt. Well, how many people do you think are going to lose their jobs, especially the film production and the television production crew? Like, yeah. all of those people are gone. Yeah. Like, the more likely, like, the editors and those, the producers, they can all flock to L.A. or the hubs, I feel like. But, like, the people that are actually behind the camera yes. doing the grunt work... The below-the-line the, yeah. people that... They're screwed. They work from from project to project. They're not making $20 million. And if the industry dries up and they've moved there, by the way, just go Google and see how many production companies are based in Atlanta. Exactly. There's there's massive amounts. And every time we visit, we're always a mess. They're consistently, over the last few years, decade or so, built complex after complex after it's complex crazy, of apartments honestly. and neighborhoods and subdivisions for all of these people because these people are generating income and live there exactly. now. Exactly. They, they now reside there exactly. because of the production and you're going to lose all that. Exactly. You're going to lose all that and then what do you do? Yeah. What I mean, like we're just going to have to watch it and see what actually happens if more productions start pulling out of Georgia and start going back to Los Angeles, Vancouver or if they find a new hub, honestly. Yeah, true. Oh, uh, we we should say Go two, back to Hollywood South, go back to New Orleans, yep, honestly. Yep. To, well, <laughs> maybe not though cuz they just passed a similar bill. Did they really? Yeah, and and it's in it's waiting because it's it's the bill is there to be signed yeah. by the governor, but they're holding off to see what happens because the state we currently live in, Mississippi, passed one. The governor signed it, and it's already being challenged legally. Oh, shit. So Louisiana is waiting to see the outcome of uh, what happens to Mississippi's bill because it's 
it's damn near the same bill gotcha. worded and everything. So they feel like if it's challenged in Mississippi it, then, yeah. and it's overturned, then there's no point to yeah, pass there's it no in point. Louisiana. So we should so so for who's keeping track, Mississippi and Georgia have passed the bill. Yes. Mississippi's is already being challenged legally. It looks like wholeheartedly Georgia's will be challenged legally. And Louisiana's on hold. Yeah. So, and the only reason we bring that up is because Louisiana and Georgia are huge, and Mississippi wants to be. Yeah. They, they can't get their shit straight with yeah, the industry. Seriously. But they want to be, though. <laughs> yeah. And so it is important. It is. Will it drive it all, or will it drive it north to Vancouver? Yeah. You know, maybe they don't go back to LA. Maybe they go north. And, and I mean, a lot of stuff films in Vancouver. Yeah. It's, it's important. And uh, we want to hear your thoughts on this one. Yeah. I'm really curious about this one. And we don't want you to input your, 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 personal or religious beliefs yeah just tell us from a strictly business business aspect what do you think smart move by the governor or not especially since he was basically forewarned that these productions would pull out if this happened right i mean remember this was a similar situation with the um the bathroom bill yeah the transgender bathroom north bill, carolina uh and in georgia oh i didn't and know it was there they too. balked in georgia yeah they didn't sign it because they were afraid they were going to lose yeah. all the production right? yeah and so that's why I was shocked when this one went through and was signed. Yeah, the, you know before, but you bring up a good point. North Carolina also they threatened and they stopped. And then that's why fucking the NBA yeah. pulled out of the All Star game exactly. and came to New Orleans. Exactly. Like. So it, it's it's crazy. It's man. amazing how how politics and religion are are working their way into what happens in industry and business. It, it's, yeah, in business. It's yeah. it's. And it's crazy because we've always heard, like, keep the two separate. Keep personal and business completely separate. Right. But I feel like in this day and age, it's so intertwined. It is. Like, it is. Like, we talk about it all the time. You're all, Somebody, all these celebrities, all these actors, they're all activists now. Like, all they all have a cause, which is not a bad thing. I'm not saying that. But I feel like it might be taken away from the actual art. I would agree with that. Yeah, I'm all for them being an activist. Yeah, uh, and I'm all for them going to the protests. Yeah, holding up Agreed. signs, doing their things. I have a problem when they get on stage at the Oscars and they've just been awarded a, an award for their craft, exactly for their art. Like had and nothing then to do they, with that. They make yeah. a political statement. I get that there's a billion people watching, and that's why you're doing it because right. you have a huge platform. But there's also now, thanks to 24-hour news cycles and channels, right, a billion like, people watching when you're at the protest. Yeah. So put on your hat and the Me Too exactly. shirt, hold up your sign, and and march for whatever you yeah, believe in. Exactly. But don't do it on the stage. Exactly. Being, like, I have no problem. That's what your social media is for. Exactly. Like, <laughs> exactly. I have a lot to say about a lot of things, but if somebody is taking the time to say, you know what, for this particular year, you were the best at what you do. That's what I'm going to take that exactly. day. I don't want to to somehow make that less of exactly because of what I might have to say about something else. Exactly, just, that's my only opinion. Yeah, just saying, yeah. just saying. Oh man, and I just wanted to end in end industry news with some. I mean, kind of lighthearted news, more lighthearted than all this other bullshit that's going <laughs> on. Um, uh, Power, it's ending after season six. Oh. That it upsets me. Me and Lil Cam love this show. There is a lot of shows ending. Yeah, man. Power, big bang th- there's a lot going off man. yeah i will say though i was ha- suits oh i'm devastated yeah. that suits is yeah. going off it's coming back for its final year yeah uh pretty soon it's start- august i think yeah. that kicks off its final yeah. year. they're filming right now huge fan since the beginning of that but 
The only thing that's making me somewhat, and I don't know what you're going to do about power, bro. I'm sorry. It's the only fine. thing that's kind of getting me over the hump of being devastated that Suits is going off is Billions got renewed. Yeah, it got renewed, season. yeah. And it's much along those yeah. same lines of, you know, yeah. badasses and lawyers and like, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I'm okay as long as Billions is still there. Well, but. I think I'll be okay too because they're the producer, the mastermind behind all this, Courtney, I forget her last name. It's basing me right now, but she's got some spinoffs on the way with there these characters. Go. There you go. Yeah, see? but I don't know if 50 Cent is attached to the other ones, oh, though. Yeah. yeah, yeah see? <laughs> Suits kind of did the same. They spun off a, the Jessica character yeah. into her own show. Yeah. So, yeah. But, but it, by the way, if you haven't checked out Billions, Jesus, check out Power and Billions, two of the best shows, I think, yeah. creatively written, directed, acting. They're, they're just great stories. And power is a great name. And power could translate to billions as far. It's just the dynamic. Exactly. It's a power dynamic. It's a struggle for control. It it's is. Who's the bigger uh. and, and And they're both just great shows. Hell yeah, man. I love it. I love it. All right. Now it is time for our guest segment, guys. Oh, I'm so excited for this one. We got Vaughn Lewis coming on the show today to talk about the best picture green book. Oh, man. I'm so excited. Yeah. Academy Award winner. I mean, this this guy. Yeah. And he's had quite the career, man. He's been in a lot of movies. Yeah, I mean, honestly, he was in that one about Hank Williams. Um, forget what now it's called. Yeah, um, <laughs> I saw the light. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I mean, that's Tom Hiddleston mm-hmm. and Ashley Olsen. Exactly. That's like that's huge. Yeah, and I love that movie. Hell yeah. Green Book and I saw the light. So this yeah. is gonna be really fun to talk yep. to him. Here he is, Von Lewis. How you doing today, man? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on the show today. Oh, not a problem. Not a problem. You're in L.A. right now, right? I'm actually in North Carolina right now. Oh, nice, nice. Is that where you're originally from? That's where I'm originally from and where I do a lot of traveling in and out from. And I'm actually planning on being in Los Angeles soon, though. Now, what we like to do is introduce you to the listeners and tell them how you got started in the industry. So tell us how you got started, what make made you want to break into the industry and become this overall success that you are now. <laughs> well, thank you. That's very kind of you to, to call me that. Um I think that it started when I was doing theater in, um, in North Carolina when I was about 10 or 11 years old. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the theater bug bit me, so I decided to go off to college for it. I went to East Carolina University here in North Carolina oh, nice. for musical theater performance. And, you know, I was a theater person at heart, musical yes. theater. And I did my training there after I graduated in about 2010. I worked all over the country, different uh, theme parks or regional theaters, cruise ships, um, resorts, that kind of work. Mm-hmm. And all along that time, I've had a film agent, and the film nice. agent submits me for, for roles all the time. So I'm constantly sending in tapes or doing auditions or callbacks and stuff. And right. Every now and then, they stick. And I've had a few in these uh, last nine years since I've been out of school that I've really stuck. Oh, wow. that's uh, Yeah, I'd say a couple biggies. You yeah, know? seriously. <laughs> Into yeah. the Light and Green Book, I would say pretty good. <laughs> definitely. Oh, yeah. Definitely. yeah. I'm very grateful to be a part of both of those films, uh, especially the most recent uh, Best Picture winner, yes. Green Book. And, and that's uh, it's a special story as well. Yes. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, we read, too, that you actually got to meet Bobby Rydell, who you portray in the film. Uh, how was that? Oh, yeah. Um Around the end of December, I got a phone call from Dave Damiani. He's the band leader for the No Vacancy Orchestra. And he was doing a show up in New Jersey and having Bobby Rydell come on and sing a few songs. Uh, He had heard about the movie, heard about me, reached out to me and said, Hey, man, I'd love for you to come on the show. You can meet Bobby on stage. 
Um, I hadn't met him in person. I'd been talking to him over the phone or, you know, via text message. Right. Um, you know, during the filming and such. And I was looking for a chance to actually go meet him. So this was a perfect opportunity. I went up and sang a couple songs with the No Vacancy Orchestra up yeah. in Atlantic City at that's the Ocean awesome. Resort and Casino. And that's where I got to be introduced by Bobby Rydell on stage. And as soon as I was done with my songs, man, I just jetted off stage and went to Bobby's dressing room and sat and chilled with him for a little while and talked with him about his life. He's got a um, autobiography that's out right now called Teen Idol on the Rocks, which is a great book. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got him to sign that for me and sign a record that my performance in the Green Book is actually based off of. Oh, oh wow. wow. That's epic, man. What was that feeling like just to get introduced by the person you portrayed in the film? Uh, it was awesome to get introduced by Bobby because he's, he's such a legend. Mm-hmm. And he's this classic soul, timeless soul, great guy. And um, when he announced me on stage, he said, the guy who portrays me in the movie, he's one hell of a good singer and he's got <laughs> great hair. Oh, there you go. <laughs> So that was the biggest compliment coming from him was the hair part. Definitely. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. That that's amazing, man. It's always it's always so cool to hear stories like that. Now, was it always something that did you see yourself getting into the film and television aspect? I know you said that you had had the film agent the whole time, but was it theater always the main goal or did you always kind of want to break into the film and television also? You know, to be honest with you, all I wanted to do was perform entertain people, make them smile. I mean, that's really the root of it, mm-hmm. to be an entertainer. Uh, you know, I grew up listening to Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin. You know, those are my first loves when it came to music and performing. And so those worlds kind of collided when I learned more about theater and musical theater. And back in the day, a lot of the musical theater songs mm-hmm. were the pop songs of the day. Mm-hmm. And those guys sang those songs. Yeah, And so... You know, I really wanted to be cool like Dean Martin and have the rhythm that Sammy Davis Jr. had and have the kind of uh, quirkiness that Bobby Darren had. You know, there were lots of things that influenced me to do what I love to do. Um, at the forefront of everything, I believe it would be singing jazz, performing on stage with sure. a big band. Is oh, that my wow. heart? And mm-hmm. that's why I think this role that I have in the Green Book was so perfect for me because it's what I do best is what I do every day. Oh, Absolutely. I'm a, loving all the Rat act. Pack references, yeah, by the seriously. way. I'm a huge oh. fan of the Rat Pack also. So, that, yeah, that's good. That's amazing. So I got to ask you then, you mentioned Frank Sinatra. You, me- you mentioned Dean Martin. Uh, do you see yourself maybe transitioning into an acting career like they did as well? Because they, they didn't just do singing roles, in the, but they actually transitioned into established acting careers for a while too. Do you see yourself doing that as well? Oh, yeah, I see myself doing that. You know, one is going to lead to the next step with the other industry. Right. I always have this theory. I, I say, I've got a lot of pots on the stove and I'm trying to cook some pasta. Yeah. <laughs> Whichever pot boils first, I'm going to put the noodles in there. There you go. I like and that. Maybe I'll follow up the other pot. I'll put the pot, the uh, pasta sauce in there or something like that. Mm-hmm. There you go. You know? So that's kind of my theory. It's one, one, one side of the industry will help the other side of the industry out as far as my path goes. Well, well exactly, because, I mean, there's no reason to limit yourself, especially in this broad range of industry. You could become an actor, you could become a huge musician. Like, it's just phenomenal that you have your eyes open to so many avenues. Yeah, you know, I... Uh... I, I don't want to confuse people and say that, you know, being a jack of all trades is a good thing. I, I would right. say that it would get, it, you know, you open yourself up to possibilities. Yeah. But what I find has found me successful is that I've, I've doubled down on what I do best. Mm-hmm. And that's 
period performances, like period acting pieces, like, you know, I Saw the Light, set mm-hmm. in the 50s. Yeah. Uh, late 50s, or you know, uh, I mean, late 40s, early 50s. Yeah. And, you know, you're looking at the early 60s with Green Book. Yeah. Uh, I played in Legends and Lies, the TV show. Mm-hmm. I was Billy the Kid. Yes. Um, which was a lot of fun. Dream come true to... Uh, shoot guns and ride horses and bust through windows. Yeah, by far the coolest cowboy in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, he's pretty up there, that's for sure. <laughs> well, just hearing you talk, man, you have such an old soul. So I really feel like you'd be perfect for all kinds of different period pieces. Absolutely. Definitely, like back absolutely. in the '60s and '50s, definitely. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I uh, find that that's what I love to do. Those mm-hmm. those periods of uh, of uh, projects as definitely. well. Well, I, I was really excited about uh, with Tom Hiddleston and, and the movie there because it got a lot of press here, obviously. We're, we're close to that area. We're just outside of uh, the area where Hank Williams grew up. And, I mean, it. so it got a lot of press down here. I, I, I wish it had been seen by more people than it was um, because I just thought it was an absolutely brilliant film. Yeah, Let's honestly. talk about that a little bit. I, I had heard that Tom Hiddleston actually performed as Hank Williams around different places before the filming of the film to just kind of get in character. And he was doing these surprise kind of things. What was it like on that set? And, and how was Tom? I mean, how was he as a singer? Let's be honest. <laughs> you know, Tom, you know, he did a lot of work beforehand. to prepare for this and, and like you said, I wish that it had been seen by more people to really take off because he did a fantastic job becoming that part portraying hank williams senior um you know and talking with tom while we were on set you know he was telling me about all the songs that he had been performing as you were saying around uh, different places and he mm-hmm. also recorded the songs in nashville with some of the guys who are in the movie playing the band members and such and um while we were on set he showed me a couple of those songs and he, he handed me his cell phone and was like hey listen to a few and i'm like oh my gosh i'm holding tom hiddleston right cell phone <laughs> right now like loki um but he was so cool. He was so uh, easy to work with. It was a dream to work with as an actor because he gave you space to create. But also, if he felt like the scene needed to go a certain way, he maybe brought up that suggestion but was open to whatever your suggestion was. I mean, he was very uh, comforting to work with. Oh, and um, yeah. he was super nice, even though, you know, sometimes you work with actors who have to stay, you know, in this mental space and you're afraid right. to talk to them right. on set because you don't, you don't know what their process is. Mm-hmm. But Tom, while we were on set, he was very easygoing. We talked about all kinds of stuff and um, I asked him about, you know, what he's learned over his acting career. And, and he gave me a, a couple of, of pieces of advice and such. And uh, some of it was from advice he got from Anthony Hopkins, which I thought was cool. And, yeah. Um, it's just a really nice guy. And, uh, you know, I know that he really wanted the, mo- the movie to go a little further than, than it did. And I, I, I hope that for him. I hope that some people still watch it. Maybe it'll become a cold classic. Yeah. Absolutely. It is in my book. Yeah, I mean, I, mine I've too. seen it several times and I absolutely thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought his performance, everybody in the film, the writing, everything was, was just fantastic. Yeah. 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 Um, the director was even great. Dante Spinotti on set was great. All the other actors, everyone on that set was so nice and kind. Same thing with Green Book. Everybody was just beyond believable. There weren't any big egos in the room. Nobody was uncomfortable or on edge. We know we were doing work and having fun doing it. 
Right, right. And that's the best that's the best way to do it. You know, a set that and I love hearing that Hiddleston was that way that would give exactly. critique or, or, or suggestions, but then also take it. Exactly. Didn't let success get to his exactly. head even though he's like a huge person in like the huge Marvel cinematic universe. That's right. But still like <laughs> I'm still a normal person. I'm still here doing my craft yeah. and I'm here to pass on a little lessons on to you. Yeah. That's it was it, it was kinda like a you know, so to speak, for the short amount of time, I was only on set for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of was like, you know, we were like brothers on set, hanging out, having fun, talking to each other, you know. Absolutely. Well, I got to imagine you bring a plethora of experience to the set, though. Like you said, I mean, you've done everything from theme parks to cruise ships to to stage to uh, little venues. And I got to imagine all of that experience and all these different type venues with all these different type performers and audiences. It has got to be a huge asset when you walk onto a film set and try to, you know, address what you're going to do with a character there. Oh, yeah. I mean, one of the biggest things was... With the filming of Green Book, I had a lot of people ask me, uh, well, were you nervous on set that day? You know, because I don't really get a lot of details mm-hmm. far out when you go to set sometimes. And, you know, you find out a lot of things when you're there. And you got to roll with the punches and you got to get ready to go, you know. So uh, when, when people ask me if I was nervous, I was nervous for a little unknown things, but we all are. Mm-hmm. But I was confident in my ability. This is what I do every day. This is what I do all the time. Exactly. So, uh, performing in front of people. The scene there, we they had transformed an old theater, black box theater, into oh, the nice. Copacabana for the movie. And the uh, the set designers did a fantastic job. Did. Uh, okay, so, yeah, the set designers just did a fantastic job. There were so many details on the set. Um, there were hundreds of extras there. Now, and this was the cool part, even though... You know, smoking in public isn't really a healthy thing or a standard thing anymore. Yeah. They had all these extras smoking these, you know, fake cigarettes and such. And so to be able to sing in the quote-unquote Copacabana in, mm. in these stage lights uh, with all these extras dressed in period clothing, costumes, and was really transportational. It was, gosh, it felt like I was there, you know, in the same world that Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra no, had man. been in, you know? Definitely. Absolutely. Such an epic feeling, I bet. Now, did your family have an affinity for the old crooners? Because, like you said, you're you're a young guy, and you have just this uh, a, clearly a passion and love for the for for the Rat Pack and the old crooners and the old jazz singers. Right. Where did that come from? Was it your parents? Did they listen to that? Introduce you to that, or is that something you found on your own? Or where does your love and affinity for them come from? Well, my parents didn't listen to that music a lot, but my grandparents did, especially around Christmas time. Uh, there'd always be the Bing Crosby album of, oh, yeah. of course. On or something like that or Nat King Cole. And I just uh, kind of grew a, a, a like, a, an interest for their smooth voices and their the beautiful poetic songs that mm-hmm. they were able to tell with their voices. Um, it just stuck to me and it almost felt like I knew it. There's this one story I tell people um, one day when I was about 10 or 11 years old. Uh, my grandpa invited me to go on a road trip with him. He had some business to do in Tennessee. And I picked up this Perry Como CD. And I was like, oh, let's listen to this. And he pops it in. And I just immediately liked it. And I wanted to put it on repeat. And I was singing along and learning all the songs and everything. And during the early times of listening to the songs, he was like, how do you know these songs? Like, what, you know, why do you like these songs? I said, I don't know. I just feel like they're a part of me. I feel like that era mm-hmm. of song 
you know, maybe I was a a uh, 1960s crooner in a past life or something. <laughs> That's awesome. I, yeah, I think it's fantastic. We need crooners, though. Mm, seriously. You know, with all the diversity and all the different things that are out there in music today, I'm not going to lie, I, I like going back to the standards yeah, and just I mean, hearing the standards. Honestly, the entertainment industry in itself is changing so fast nowadays. Sometimes we just got to stop and appreciate what we've done in the past. Exactly. Because, I mean, like you said, we have so many great musicians in the past that probably don't get enough recognition nowadays because everybody is so uh, swept up in all this streaming. So it's really awesome that you still give credit where credit is due to the Rat Pack. I oh, mean, yeah. Come on. Old Blue Eyes was called chairman exactly. of the board for a reason, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like... That's right. That's right. He was called uh, The Voice as well. He yep. was also called Blue Eyes. He actually, he actually disliked the chairman of the board reference. Right, right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, awesome. well, you know, there yeah, there were some stories, weren't there? <laughs> that's oh, yeah. pretty funny. Yeah. I've I've read a few. Something I like to do in my off time is read these autobiographies of these guys and you don't find two that are alike. No. And they're I bet all not. so unique. And and they just sing these classic tunes. I mean, you think about today's singers, there are a lot of great singers. That's mm-hmm. the thing. There's so many people. Uh, James Taylor put it in a great way. He said Absolutely. back in the day, it used to be hard to get in the door. Now it's easy to get in the door, but when you get in the door, there's millions of other people there who are just as talented as you are. I love that. That's a great quote. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that. And I think it pertains to the industry in general yeah. today. You know, whether you're a singer or an actor or just whatever you're trying to do, that's a brilliant quote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's just, you know, it's one of those things. It should entice you to lock down and double down on what you do best and who mm-hmm. you are and, and not compromising your values or your artistry because someone says you should. Mm-hmm. So like for an example, my wife and I, we have a duo act, musical duo act called Lewis and Clark. That's her maiden name is Clark, so it's pretty serendipitous. That's oh, awesome, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we've been touring around since about 2014 doing our shows together, and, and we cover different music like Patsy Cline, Frank Sinatra, Burt Bacharach, you know, all the great hits. Yes. And uh, so doing this older music, vintage hits, classic hits, uh, we once got hooked up with a, a cruise ship um, agency, and we were like, hey, we want to get on a cruise ship. And they're like, well, you know, you your stuff, you sing too much old stuff. You know, you need about 80% new stuff and maybe mm. 20% old stuff. Wow. And so my wife and I, we talked about, oh, should we change? Should we do this? Should we do that? And we were like, you know what? We're going to stick to our guns. We're going to stay true to ourselves. And not only a week later did we get a phone call asking for a pop vintage duo on Carnival Cruise Lines. And we booked it. And we were in Hawaii and Australia uh, singing in the lounges, doing our act, singing classic hits. Oh, my goodness, man. Everything happens for a reason, doesn't it? Yeah, and I love people who stick to their guns. I mean, you know, yeah, you are so right. If you feel it in your gut, then that's how you know. Absolutely. I got to tell you, just listening to the interview and listening to your voice, he's got... um, a very Harry Connick Jr. type mm, rasp yeah. to the voice, you know? Yeah. I, I just, oh, yeah. thank you. Oh, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a huge Harry Connick fan, and it's nice to, to see somebody young and appreciate that type of music and have that kind of a, a tone to the voice, and it's just, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, seriously, man. But what- Yeah, Harry Connick's a cool guy. He's one of my inspirations as well, you know. Around the time Michael Buble was coming around, 
was a, was right around the time I was like, you know what? I want to do this for a living. I mm-hmm. want this to be my career. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if this guy's doing it, that means I can do it. And I'm so glad. You know, a lot of people would be like, well, are you jealous that Mike Bublé is out there doing this thing? And I'm like, no. He's opening the door for me so exactly. I can do my thing. Absolutely. Exactly. But, um, Why would I be jealous of that? Exactly. Exactly. What do you What do you got planned for the future, man? You seem like you got a very good head on your shoulders, and you seem like you know where you're going. What What do you got for the future? Uh, well, you know, I would like to think that I I know what I'm doing. But uh, <laughs> as, as Tom As Tom Jones would say, you know, in his later career, he got on a flight uh, of his career, and he doesn't know where it, where it was going, and he just hopes he lands safely. So that's kind of my my hopes. But uh, as far as planning, you know, Abby and I, with our Lewis and Clark Act, we're doing events all over the country, mm-hmm. and uh, we do some shows here in New Bern, North Carolina. We've got a James Taylor Carol King style show coming up. Nice. We are also. Oh, uh, I'm gonna have to reach May. out for that one. I yeah. think I, I'm a huge James Taylor and Carol King fan, so I think I'm gonna have to come see that. I think. <laughs> yeah, you may have to come see that. We're gonna share stories of their lives and sing some of their songs and. Uh, in May, we're going to be at the Downtown Music Festival in Gadsden, Alabama, mm. with our friend Landau Eugene Murphy Jr., who won America's Got Talent in 2011. Oh, oh nice, nice. Yeah, I mean that that sounds like you got some 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 great stuff lined up. Uh, yeah. And look, truthfully, we hope we see you more in film. I, I think I think you you found your a nice little niche in film. Yeah. And, and I just huge you know congrats to you on that and. And huge congrats to sticking to your guns on who you want to be and how you want to be as a performer. And I think you're just, I, I think you got a bright, bright future, man. Seriously. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. We're uh, excited about where life is taking us. And uh, we just hope to keep working, keep paying the bills because we've got. Uh, in July, we're actually expanding our duo act to a trio. We're we're um, expecting our first child in late July. Oh, uh, congratulations! That, yeah, seriously, man, man congratulations! Well, thank you very much. Do you know boy or girl yet? It's gonna be a boy. Okay. Uh, I like I like to tell people that because uh, people always come up and said, "Oh my gosh, it's gonna be one talented baby. You know, they're gonna <laughs> sing and dance so well." And I say, "Well, you know what? If they can't sing or dance, they're gonna learn to smile, there you tell go. a joke." And sit by the tip jar. <laughs> there we go. I like it. I like it. I guess the only question left is Frank or Dean. What do we name him? <laughs> <laughs> We've had those conversations. We were close to we were close to Frank, but uh, I think we're uh, we're waiting to see how many children we have because we have so many special names to us. Oh, absolutely. Uh, not saying that we're trying to start a family band here. Right? <laughs> but, <laughs> They're gonna go to the Osmonds. Uh oh, right? look out! No, man, congratulations! So that's fantastic. Always great to hear when you you know you got the got the family coming and everything and uh, trust me when i tell you it is going to change your world bro it's going it's to change oh, yeah. everything i'm already i'm already sensing that oh, it's surreal and i assume it'll be surreal the rest of my life it doesn't matter how old they get nope does not absolutely yeah seriously yeah even though we're nola based we got some family up in north carolina absolutely. so you know we might come and see you that'd be pretty epic yeah i'm telling you that yeah, he, please do. he had me at james yeah, taylor carol king um, i mean <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, let me know if you want to come. Uh, we're we're doing it at Rivertown Players uh, Theater here in New Bern, North Carolina, and uh, we were supposed to do the show in September, but this area got hit by Hurricane Florence. Yeah, at the yeah time, makes so sense. Yeah, it was postponed, and now we're finally able to get it out of the gates, and so we're excited for that. And and maybe one day we can come down and perform and. In uh, New Orleans area, in yes. Louisiana area, there. Absolutely. Um, well, and we're headed out to agent. LA, so you know we'll be able to see you in LA too. We're heading out to LA soon, so. Oh, that'll be great. 
That'll be great. Our booking agent for our Lewis and Clark duo act, Bill Stafford, he's been working so well for us, and we're we're booked up constantly all nice. the time. And so, if anybody's listening out there that wants to book us, they can contact Bill at Bill <laughs> at Stafford Entertainment and Talent dot com. There, there you go. go. <laughs> he knows how to sell it, and we'll be sure to pass that along with to everybody, you know, and make sure that they they hook up. Because yeah, I just this has been a great interview. Yeah, man. seriously. Now I have Thank one you. last question for you. Now, since you're such an old soul, what do you feel? How do you feel about social media, honestly? Oh, that's a great question. Um, you know, I actually I have a little side business where I do social media marketing for okay. people. So I'm aware of the necessity of it for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what it's doing is it's creating different chambers and different levels of uh, different platforms that anybody can put their content out on. I think that's important nowadays because of that. You know, it's giving people who didn't have a voice a voice before. Yes. And people who, you know, like me, who wants to stick to their guns and do what they love to do mm-hmm. and have an outlet for it, it gives them that outfit outlet right away. Exactly, exactly. Well, you have so many creative people now because you have basically have like a 4K camera on your iPhone, so you can basically make a little short film on your iPhone and post it on YouTube. That's right, yeah. Oh, man, that's so epic. I love hearing that because it is really a tool, and we've really seen that through like finding people for our podcast to come on the show and followers and everything. It's crazy how much people actually pay attention to that stuff. Yeah, it is. And it can spread like fire or it can, you know, fizzle out. It just depends. <laughs> yeah. We, it's we, one of those things, you know, having uh, researched a lot into it, it, it changes so much. And yeah. It could give you a headache if you try to stay on top of all the changes. But, boy, we you know. know, just keep doing you and keep putting yourself out there and, and your audience will find you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We, we like to compare it to a, a, a double edged sword. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it can be good and bad depending on how you look at it. And I like, what, right. I like what he said, though. Just stick to be in you and yeah, do what you do and exactly. your audience will find you exactly. i think that's that's absolutely the the best thing you could say i think that's great advice for anybody out there that's trying to do what they do have faith just keep doing what you're doing and the audience will definitely find you exactly well that's right i mean it was kind of like uh my wife and i lewis and clark we we had opened for uh, livingston taylor which is james taylor's brother oh. uh, we opened a concert for him and and before the show we we're like, hey, you know, Livingston, he teaches up in uh, in the Northeast at a college, and so he, he mentors people all the time. Mm-hmm. I said, Livingston, do you have any advice for us? You know, we're performing all over. We're, we don't necessarily uh, base ourselves out of one city, but we travel a lot, and what do you suggest? He says, basically, you know, bloom where you're planted. You know, no one can mistake an audience that's dying to get in to see somebody or a line that's wrapped around the building, you know, go where your audience is and, 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 you know, build yourself somewhere where that audience can go and find you. That's why we're based in North Carolina is because we have such a good following here. Yeah. Um, and then we travel all over as well, trying to expand that, but we start where we're planted. Mm Mm-hmm. Man, that that's yeah. excellent advice Absolutely. for anyone trying to get into the entertainment industry or anyone who's trying to become a self-starter, honestly, Absolutely. entrepreneur. Yeah. But man, oh, yeah. this has been an absolute phenomenal conversation. You are just so epic, so awesome. Anytime you want to come back on the show, you are more than welcome. Well, thank you very much. Um, you guys have uh, got my contact information, so uh, just let me know when you have a spot open. Uh, Constantly working on things, and I do a little script writing as as well. Okay, so, uh, that's awesome. Um, hopefully, we'll have some projects to promote. 
There you go. There you go. Well, you know, we're also a production company, so you know, maybe further down the line, <laughs> we could right. work together, a man. Collaboration, you know. <laughs> uh, the door is always open. But anyway, thank oh, cool. you so much for coming on the show and getting a little crazy with us on Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Awesome. Thank you very much for having me, and best of luck to you guys. Not oh, a problem. Man, not a problem. It. You have a fantastic rest of the day now. All right. Take it easy. See ya. Bye bye. Man, just what a humble guy. Yeah. Very yeah. vintage, man. Very old soul. Very old soul. Just so relaxed and mellow. Yeah. Just like what you would expect from yeah. like a pruner, you know? He's just exactly. very you know. I love talking about Frank and fucking Dean, man. Oh, man. That's epic. And <laughs> it's so refreshing to see. You know, it reminds me of JB. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we we got a friend of ours, JB, Jonathan Brandon, who's like that young, but mm-hmm. just has such an appreciation exactly. and an affinity for the old school guys. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it's I love to see that. All right, now it is time. Time for the top five, man. We have a good one today. It is top five songs that make you feel like summer, that make <laughs> you just want to be in that heat, you know, getting a tan, drinking some iced tea. Mm. I, I'm a little uncomfortable. With Are you? The way you said that. <laughs> Maybe it was the motion that you made when you make you feel. Like I'm like, oh, whoa, whoa. I was like, what's happening here? Oh, man, we're getting a little crazy. Uh, but you you know, know, this is going to be a fun one, though. This it is a is, fun one. It is. This might be the first one where we don't have any duplicates. It's true. It's true, this honestly. This could potentially be the first top five where yeah. we didn't duplicate. Honestly. It, it helps a lot, too, that it's only two of us, but we have little cams. We do have little cams. But Antavia is out in Colorado enjoying her life. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> enjoy your life, Tavia. <laughs> we miss you, and you suck. She's living the high life. Isn't yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, let's get started <laughs> off with... Ladies first, little cams. Now she's got some older ones. It's very eclectic. I was surprised, to be yeah, honest. Yeah. School's Out by Alice Cooper. Yeah. Oh man, I love that one in Dazed and Confused. That's where well, I learned that uh, one. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know, you know. Uh, and uh, California Girls, Katy Perry. Yeah. Yeah. We had to listen to that one when we were out in California. Of course. <laughs> I mean, not going to lie, you're going through the California playlist and that one comes up. Of so course. you love Snoop Dogg's lyrics. So it's great. It's great. Um, summertime sadness, Lana Del Rey. She's a big Lana fan, and I appreciate her because she doesn't make me listen to Lana. So <laughs> oh, I, I appreciate oh. La- uh, Little Cam because she doesn't make me and listen to I Lana. I appreciate Little Cam because she introduced me to Lana, and I like Lana Del Rey. So oh well, there you go. You there, know, you there you go. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> and I mean, one day she's introduced me to a lot of stuff that I like now. So maybe one day, but I'm sticking with her recommendations for TV and film right I now. I am on a mission i am gonna convert you to tpr bro. oh my gosh i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it that's for another show but i'm gonna do it oh goodness oh goodness uh she also has a soak up the sun by cheryl crow mm. that one's a good one that i haven't listened one. to that in forever honestly yeah, and uh walking on sunshine how do you not have this one yeah i mean you have to yeah the the only movie that i think about when i hear walking on sunshine is psycho mm. and him fucking coming in after a night of just killing people yeah, yeah. <laughs> like i'm walking on sunshine oh, yeah. oh, it's yeah. so freaking funny well do you want to go go ahead yeah yeah i also have california girls but to show the difference in myself and my daughter's age <laughs> my california girls was the beach boys ah, uh, yeah yeah <laughs> uh, great one I hell mean, yeah i have summer love by jt mm. how can you not have a jt yeah, song i honestly. just feel like I, my probably my favorite music artist 
Honestly. Yeah, he's, he's a genius. Just, he's a genius. Yeah. He's everywhere. He's all over the place. He's brilliant. Uh, come on the show, JT. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I got Cruel Summer from Bananarama because how can I not have an uh, 80s yeah. song in there? Of course. the 80s. All Summer Long by Kid Rock. Mm, yeah. And my top. I my almost favorite. had that one. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, a good one. It's, it's a good it's, one. It, it's a good one. But my top. My top, and this one was at the top on purpose. We always say no particular order, but this yeah. one was on top for a reason. It's my favorite summer song. It always makes me think. If I hear it, I will always play it out. I will always listen yeah. to it. I always say, Summer of 69 by Brian Adams. Oh, yeah. It's, I, I mean, 69. Yeah. yeah. Bought a six string. I, uh, bought it at the five and die. Uh, I just, God. it's a brilliant fucking song yeah. that really just takes you back yeah. about being a kid yeah. in the summer. Honestly. Doing what you do and chasing the dream. I I, I love the song. Yeah. Summer of 69. Yes. Uh, that's a, it's a good list, man. Thanks. Seriously. Yeah. Um, now mine, mine's very eclectic as well. I got some country, I got some reggae, I got some rap, there I got go. some I mean, like it's all over. And I yeah, love it. seriously, seriously, I got toes, Zach Brown band, yes. toes in my water, ass in, in the, the sand. sand. Yes. yes, so good, so good. Uh, when the sun goes down, Kenny Chesney and Uncle Cracker. Mm. Uh, I love that one where you're just chilling, especially on the beach. Oh my gosh, yes. just chilling yes. on the beach and with a nice little beer in your hand. It's great. Um, <laughs> There's a theme going. Here. <laughs> there is. Uh, whatever, man. It's a good theme. I mean, uh, we're about to be California bound. We're going to be having our asses in the Exactly, sand. you know. You know? Uh, with the Pacific water. Oh, it's going to be so yeah. great, man. You might not be able to get my ass out of the sand. Exactly. Like, I'll be there with my beer and my toes. Hell yeah. It's good. <laughs> I got... Three Little Birds, Bob Marley. Oh, uh, that, shit. Yeah, that one. I love that one because it just makes me feel like I'm watching my younger siblings play outside during the summer. It, it makes me feel, I don't know, just that connection there. It's weird. Um, And then I got... What? What is that? That song just makes me think of one of my all-time favorite songs. <laughs> Another one that Little Cam fucking hates, <laughs> but I love it. Seasons in the sun. Yeah. We had joy, we had fun, we had seasons, seasons in, in the, the sun. Because it was talking about the kids. And yeah. Oh my God, it's one of my favorite songs ever. And I didn't have it on my list for a summer song. Oh, man. To, to be fair, it's unbelievably fucking depressing. Yeah. <laughs> but so you, maybe you don't think about it with summer fun. Right. But it's a summer song. Yeah. Okay. I, I hear I got one for you too that I was thinking about while we were doing this. I have Jack and Diane. That, oh. You know? Yeah. How is Jack and Diane not on exactly. there? Exactly. Back of the tasty freeze. Uh, hell yeah. Between the knees. Oh, yeah. It's many a summers. Oh, Come on. my gosh. So good, man. There's so many good music. God, I love music. I know. If you don't love music, what the fuck is yeah, wrong with you? Yeah, what is wrong I, with I, you? We music. have two segments dedicated to music. It's true. Great. So it's good. True. So good. Um, and I have I'm the One, DJ Khaled, Bieber, mm. Chance, um, the rapper, Quavo, Lil Wayne. Who's not on that yeah, song? Yeah, who's not on that <laughs> It's a good one. Though. It is, though. It is. It's very poppy. And... Of course, here comes the sun, the Beatles. That's a good yeah, one, man. I mean, how can you not? I know. Okay. Look, I got to be honest with you. You all need the road trip with us. Seriously. That's what I'm saying. Like, we should we have hit a it segment. all. Oh, my God. Maybe we create a new segment. What Today's uh, today's uh, iPhone. Or like, what's on my iPad today? Yeah. Or some, the... I, I love this group, you know, all of all of us, me, you, Lil Cam, Tavia. We have such an eclectic range of music. We do. We cover like every. You take a road trip with us, you are bound to hear. <laughs> it's crazy. One song you like, yeah. and like from every genre, from every decade. Yeah, from, it's epic. It's it is. Epic, I man. love it, man. Like, and they all like intertwine. They all overlap. It's so good. And the great thing is, is that all of us. 
know all the songs. Exactly. Like we We're have an appreciation for all of the genres and all the songs and all the decades and all the. It's just we love music. Yeah. And man. if it's good music, it's good music. Exactly. I mean, so. It's so good. It's so good. Now let's take it back in time with this week in history. Oh man, we have a lot of good stuff to talk about today. Like with the studios, with film, with television, just mm, a lot of a good stuff. A lot of significant stuff. Yeah. Some biggies that I wasn't aware of for this week, so yeah. that's pretty good. Oh, man. Well, let's get started with the first thing. You want to kickstart it, Mal? Absolutely. 1967, uh, May 6th. Uh, now, just to clarify, I was not born yet. Not born yet. No, no, no. no. As everybody <laughs> knows, they like to pick <laughs> on me in this segment. But yeah, you right. know, you know. It's okay. Not born yet. The last broadcast on CBS of I Love Lucy. Mm, yeah. Man, that one was iconic, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, huge. <laughs> I mean, and yeah, and I th- went through several different incarnations also. Yeah. Like, it came back as the Lucy show. And yeah. Like, I mean, there were several different, but everybody, I think, knows the yeah. stand I Love Lucy. Yeah. That's like the biggie. So. Yeah, that was one that my mom always talked about watching when she was a kid. I mean, it's classic. Some of the, the, some of the most funny scenes i have ever seen on television to this day yeah the one where she's stomping the grapes and trying to make <laughs> yeah. the wine i've seen that one. Uh, yeah. the chocolate factory where they're eating the candy because it's going down the conveyor belt yeah too fast. i mean the, there's so many and there was one if you're a geek comic book geek you know and i am a great one where uh george reeves superman guest starred oh wow yeah as superman oh, and she was yeah oh it's brilliant brilliant episode that's great epic stuff, hell great yeah stuff. hell yeah well this next one i'm very excited about i know i know uh, man <laughs> May 6th, 2004, Friends, the series finale aired with 52.5 million viewers. That is crazy. That is crazy, 52. man. 52.5 million viewers. Average, you're, you're averaging what? Between 15, yeah, 10, 10 like and 15 yeah. million viewers, you know, on a, on a hit show yeah. now. But 52.5. Man, people love Ooh. that show. People still love that show. I mean, I'm one of them, as everyone knows. But, like, I mean, you ran into somebody random, and you can start talking about Netflix taking Friends off, and they're like, oh, what the hell? I do. I, I, like, you know, I liken Friends to this generation's MASH. Mm-hmm. MASH is still that show for, yeah. for my generation. Or Cheers. And, or Cheers. Yeah. Yeah, where, where you'll watch it every time you see it on. Exactly. It's in endless repeats. And, exactly. you know, it's bullshit. Loved by so many people that exactly. you can bring it up in a conversation. And I mean, everybody knows that theme song. We have to clap every time. It's stuck in your head it's like all, all the time. time. All the time. Because <laughs> you and Lil' Cam listen to it I all mean, the time. I mean, but you know. Um, I think MASH, though, if I'm not mistaken, and you know, any listeners out there, just shoot us something if I'm wrong, but I think MASH is still the most watched oh, really? finale in television mm, history. Yeah, we're going to have to look that one up. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Um, but I, you know, like I said, I could be wrong. Yeah. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Ooh, you know what? Which one's coming up though? Which and one? We'll have this one, and I guess in a future week in history. But uh, uh, Big Bang Theory mm. is coming up in a couple of weeks. I mm. bet that one's watched. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that we'll one. See. I can't wait to see that one. That's probably the closest one. The only reason I bring that up because fifty two point five million viewers. Yeah, I feel like Big Bang. <laughs> yeah, that it could, could that pull could in a lot because it's man, it's got a lot of freaking. It really fans, does. So. And you know, people want to know what happens with Sheldon. Absolutely. Okay, and you brought it up. So, cheers. Cheers. May seventh, nineteen eighty seven, was Shelley Long mm. slash Diane Chambers' last episode on Cheers. Mm. She remember was uh, replaced by Kirstie Alley. Yeah. I. I liked Shelley Long. I, did I wasn't too. a huge fan of Kirstie Alley, yeah. and I didn't like the change. Yeah. I, I, 
she grew on me. Yeah, but I, I, I still think it, I, it I liked, wasn't. Yeah, I yeah. agree. <laughs> I like Diane's character better. Yeah, I, I just did. Yeah, agreed. Now this next one, I gotta say, this was my first ever Bruce Willis film I ever watched. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> May seventh, nineteen ninety seven, The Fifth Element was released, and uh, that girl that's in that, uh, what's her name? Blanken, uh, Blanken. Yeah. <laughs> that girl, like, yeah, that was the first time I've ever seen her in anything, too. It's, so, yeah, I mean. It's one of those interesting ones that it's kind of a cult classic. It is a cult classic. I'll give you that. Like, uh, it was different from what he normally does. Exactly. I think that's why it was so, I mean. I don't know. I wasn't a fan. No, really? No, yeah, no. <laughs> like, I wasn't. Like I said, it was just different <laughs> from what, I mean, I, you normally see him in. Huge diehard fan, huge moonlighting fan. Yeah. I guess I had just very stereotypical right. Bruce Willis. Yeah. And this one was kind of out there. It Even was before, out of his genre, yeah. yeah. It, I mean, before 12 Monkeys and like, yeah, you know, that's true. I mean, so. Yeah. It was an experiment, man. It was. I liked 12 Monkeys. Yeah. I mean, yeah there you go. Sure, yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, I'll do this one, cause I'm I'm like I've been I've been around since the creation of MTV. You know, you know. In 2017, May 7th, 2017, MTV became the first major award show to mm. adopt general neutral categories. Mm. I like this. I do too. I like this. Yeah. Because I feel like you know either best performer or best you know music video it doesn't have to be best music video by a female right or by a man i i like that I, yeah I, I think i agreed it gives everybody a fair chance in the same running so. right i mean I, do you think ever we're gonna see a point where we get to where the oscars do just best performance uh honestly no because there's just so many there's so many people and so many people i feel like would not get the credit they deserved do you think we'll ever see a point where the Oscars lean like SAG does mm -hmm. and honor a group performance or an ensemble? Mm. I could see that. Maybe they would try. They could see that in a compromise the type of deal. Yeah, because so. I, I feel like sometimes there, there, there are films where they win Best Picture, but not all of the actors got right. the nomination. Right. I feel like you could fix that by doing a Best Ensemble. Yeah, agreed. Because, I mean, how do you get Best Picture? Agreed. And then, in some cases, Best Actor and Best Actress, but not Best Supporting, or yeah. vice versa. I mean, I just feel like, maybe. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, times are changing. You know that. <laughs> um, but this next one, man, I know oof, we, we love studying the industry, and this one is a huge historical mile marker. May 8th, 1912, the film and TV production and distribution studio Paramount Pictures was founded. Man, I, I honestly, I, I did not realize it was 1912. I, I mean, yeah, it's been around for a while. It has been around, and still, yeah, still, I mean, still one of the big a, boys. In fact, it's the first studio we saw when we made our first yeah, trip to Yeah, it's true. It's the first one that we, we stopped at, the first one we saw. Yeah, um, got some epic pictures there. Oh, yeah, without doubt. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just <laughs> 1912. I know. For, for when you think about ones that have come and gone, yeah, you know, because there has been yeah. a lot that have come and gone. I mean, but, RKO and like, yeah, a whole bunch. Yeah, MGM is basically just, yeah. like, you know, it's not a studio anymore. Yeah. It's like they produce stuff, but not a, not a studio yeah. anymore. 
Um, yeah, I, it, that's it's fascinating to me. Same right. logo, same gate. Yeah, and it really is surrounded by just like city. Yeah, that's the weird thing. Like, exactly. yeah, a lot of people think these lots <laughs> sit out like in these giant no. open areas or something, but not Paramount. No. It's like literally right in the middle of city. You're like, just like, oh shit! On your right, you have <laughs> yeah. like okay. There's yeah. the iconic Paramount gate. You Hell wouldn't even yeah. see it. I mean, it's surrounded by buildings. It's Hell so weird. Yeah. Oh man! And these next two. These next two, I'm surprised that they came out the same week weekend because they're huge films in their own rights. But this was a huge box office weekend. Back in 1958, on May 8th and May 9th, Dracula, starring Christopher Lee, was released on May 8th. And Alfred Hitchcock's film Vertigo, starring Jimmy Stewart and Kim Novak, was released on May 9th. Yeah, huge fan of uh, Vertigo. Yeah. Huge fan of Alfred Hitchcock. Anybody who listens to this show knows that. Of course. That. So weird, though, like that they were released on separate days. Yeah. Like, you know, you just, you don't see that very often no. nowadays. It's like, this is the release date. It's like, you know? no, we're competing against each other. But yeah, it is yeah, weird. Back to back days. It's yeah. really weird. Yeah. You, you but know? honestly, back then, were movies released on Fridays or were they just released randomly? I think they just had random releases, yeah. honestly. I don't think there was like, this is the set. Because yeah. They, I mean, back then they didn't have thirty movies trying to compete for a True. weekend. Yeah, you know, I mean, exactly. now they're pumping them out. Yeah, you have to pick release dates. Uh, yeah, and like I mean, you might have one every once in a while. You know, exactly. Yeah. So and May ninth, apparently, a popular day to release films. Yeah, in it 1980, is. Nineteen eighty, when I was just a wee kid, a wee lad. Uh, Friday the thirteenth, the original Friday the thirteenth premieres. Yeah. Yes. That I mean, that one kind of changed the horror genre. That it turned. I feel like the slasher film really began became the slasher genre with Friday the 13th yeah, 80s, and Jason. Yeah. 80s were the, the the prime era of the slasher horror film. Yeah, like, seriously. You know, it was... <laughs> <laughs> it was a good time for horror films. It was a great I mean, time. You know, and I think they've tried to recreate the slasher film numerous times with not much success in my yeah. opinion in my opinion yeah. I don't think you know honestly I feel like nowadays horror films are really just want to fuck with your mind they want it to be more psychological than actual like jump out scares yeah. which I like the jump out I scares I like the jump scares yeah. I like that I want to be scared that's why I exactly. want to see a horror film exactly if I, if I want to be like make me think I'll, I'll go see a psychological thriller exactly it's not it's different to me yeah. I mean I feel, you're right I feel like so many horror horror films now are really psychological thrillers yeah. as opposed to scare the shit out of you. Yeah, because there's and, nothing like that. Like they compared, or they said none and hereditary were some of the scariest movies of the year. And I, eh, nah. No, I mean, I don't really, think so. What? I think really, honestly, the only jump out of your seat moment in hereditary and not for me, cause it didn't make me jump, but, uh, is when the, the head is smacked off by the <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. a bunch of people like, Oh, but it like, wasn't shit. like a scary jump. It was like, Oh shit shit jump yeah, you know exactly I, just, I want to be scared will somebody please make a horror movie that scares the shit out of me I, exactly I, I, I want one exactly oh man but yes this one i know you and friends and golden girls i know yeah, it's just like if <laughs> you will find those on the Hell list yeah, anywhere bro. it is you know man. you know uh thank you for being a friend it's sees our series finale may 9th 1992 mm. Mm. i mean they were getting up there so it's understandable <laughs> And the, I believe the only one around left is Betty White. I think that's right. I yeah. think they're all dead. Yeah. yeah. So, Betty White, come be my friend, please. <laughs> <laughs> Which is odd, because Betty White was not the youngest. Really? No. In fact, the oldest, the one who portrayed the oldest, 
was the youngest. R- like the tall? I no, forget Dor- her name. Dorothy's mom. Really? Was the youngest out really? of all of them in wow. real life. Yeah. Yep. That's crazy. The, the old one, the yeah. mom, the grandma. The there. grandma, she, yeah. She was... She wow. was the youngest in real life. Mind blown. Yeah, they made her up to make her look old to be Dorothy's mom. That's crazy. That's super crazy. Oh, in this one. Ugh. Yeah. May 10th, 1973, the legendary Bruce Lee collapsed, rushed to the hospital where doctors diagnosed him with cerebral edema. Mm. And we all know that that was it. Yeah. Oh, man, I mean, just this guy. Yeah. He's really changed the landscape of karate and the industry around karate. Yeah, and I mean, so inspiring just for so many people in life. Yeah. Like his approach in life about yeah, how honestly. he dealt with things and the way he went after things. And I mean, he just, I don't know, never accepted anything but success yeah. for what he wanted. You know, Exactly. I mean? It's truly inspiring. And scary. I mean, for you guys who don't know, and maybe this will pop up in another uh, week in history, but you know... It, it, scary circumstances about his son dying yeah that was really weird it just seems like a curse on the family yeah yeah seriously i'm really i'm but i am excited about his character in once upon a time in hollywood that dude nails (laughs) yeah seriously (laughs) nails him the voice yeah everything man yeah i'm real excited about that i can't wait to see that it's gonna be so good gonna be so good now this this last one yeah this last one i know man yeah. Uh, I was around. <laughs> yeah, you know you were. You know you were. Uh, Laverne and Shirley, May 10th, 1983. Uh, the last episode of Laverne and Shirley aired. Man. Um. Yeah. I, look, I loved Laverne and Shirley. Yeah. I did. Yeah. I mean, if you were a kid back in the late 70s, early 80s, that you were there. Like, Tuesday nights, it was Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley, uh, Three's Company. Like, like, you were there. And for a moment... Joni loves Chachi. Right. But for a moment. For a moment. It, but but yeah, dude, that was like your Tuesday night. If you weren't there watching it, you know. And Laverna Shirley was huge. Spin off of uh, you know, Happy Days. Yeah. yeah. It was huge. And, and you know, uh, Laverne no longer with us, obviously. Mm, yeah. But um, yeah, just Great crazy television man i know this was a good week in history because there was a lot of great a lot of great television yeah that's I mean, what yeah classics agreed you know? agreed man I, I love it because we get to learn so much about this well and you know what i yeah it just makes me think because all of these shows that we brought up today mm-hmm. all had long runs yeah you don't see it anymore no yeah i mean i feel like now if you get a year you're lucky because like I mean, if you're honestly not- there's only a handful that make it to maybe the fifth or sixth season yeah i i feel like if you're not a huge hit right out of the gate after season one you, yeah you're, you're lucky if you get season two and then you probably can't and i'm just gonna be honest about it and if you're kind of liked on Netflix, you should be worried too because, I mean, you can tell unless that. Unless you're Stranger Things. Yeah, unless you're Stranger <laughs> Things. That's like the only one I feel like that is completely safe on yeah. Netflix. Yeah, I, yeah, because they're, they're canceling popular shows yeah. left and right. Like, yeah. Which I, Netflix got a plan, I think, but I, I don't. We don't know, know what it is. Yeah, I, that's that's the blind faith that we have in Netflix right there. Because it's true. I like, yeah, I full force whatever you got planned. I'm behind you, Ted and Reed, right behind you. Absolutely, but I, I mean, yeah, just oh, man, what a great week in history. I know what a great week in history. Love like, it. it. Great job, because like you said, the films, television, yeah, it's just. It's so good. I, I don't know. I love doing this segment because it makes me long for like older days. Right. I'm an old school guy. Yeah. I just I miss the classics yeah. like Hitchcock. And Hell like, yeah. You know, I just yeah. Old studios. Yeah. Like, well, you know, we're gonna be able to give a little taste of that in uh, this little 
web series that you and I are developing. We are. Yeah. It's going to be, yeah, yeah. We're, it's our take on, think uh, Last Tycoon meets, what, 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 what's, uh, what's that, like uh, Silicon Valley? Yeah. You know, yeah. So, sort of sort of like that. It's it's, it's our last, last Tycoon take. meets Silicon Valley meets Entourage yeah. meets, yeah. Yeah. It's basically, you know, Last Tycoon was that throwdown of the, the old studio era, Golden Age, being phased out for what, right. what, you know, what was eventually to become, you know. What it became, and so it's kind of our take on that, where the the studio system in the '80s is being phased out for what we have now. Mm-hmm. You know, film converting to digital and and everything going to a platform that's streaming as opposed to release. And so, yeah, we're gonna have a little fun with that. It's yeah, really I'm I'm pretty excited about that. You guys stay tuned for that. That's gonna be on our YouTube channel. So yeah, hell yeah. yeah. Box office predictions, man. Endgame. Oh, end game. Oh, sorry. I, like that. That's it, basically. <laughs> that's uh, it, man. That's the segment. Uh, that basically, basically, <laughs> as you guys saw, it did not get the top second week, right? No, it, the yeah. top what, globally and domestically, or was it just domestically? I think just domestically. Okay, but yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't think they came in second, and I think they missed it like seven million dollars uh, or something like that. that. Sucks. But yeah, yeah. That's what but, happens when you, you you know basically own the world the first week, right? You know, exactly. You, just, you know. Honestly. Honestly, honestly. Now let's start off this segment with a little recap on how last week went for me. I'm just going to say I did pretty well. <laughs> Avengers Endgame, it got $147 million. I predicted around 130 to 150 Yes, that's a wide range, but I had no fucking idea. Yeah. So I got it in there, and I'm happy about it. So fuck off. And again, I mean, huge second weekend. Exactly. Second biggest of all time. Yeah. And like I said, barely missed them. Yeah. So huge. Exactly. Huge. Exactly. Now that next creepy one, the creepy one I was talking about last week that Tavia was like, I don't know. That guy has such a nice face. He's blah, blah, blah. No, it got second because he's creepy as fuck um, with around 10.8 million. And I predicted 10 to 15 million. Uh, number three was Long Shot. That was that um, Seth Rogen mm-hmm. film mm-hmm. that just mm-hmm. came and out. Charlie's there. Yeah, yeah. That rom-com. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I predicted around 10 to 15. It got 9.7. I was so close. So close. So close. Um, number four was Ugly Dog, Ugly Dolls, with uh, 8.6 million. I predicted 10 to 15 million. Mm. And number five was Captain Marvel with 4.3 million, and I predicted two to three million. So, First of all, let me just say out of all those, everybody that's on that list is probably breathing a sigh of relief that... One of them at least was able to make Honestly, double digits. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, for the past couple of weeks, none of the other t- have made double digits. Yeah, so one of them finally cracked ten. Exactly. So there you go. Exactly. Uh, and I think interesting because we talked about this last week on the box office segment how Captain Marvel got a boost up the second. Yeah, place it because was second. Of Avengers. This is my prediction. Oh shit! I know it's still a, 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 a few weeks away, but <clears throat> but log this. You log guys, it. Write this shit down because we're we're classic at predicting. I think it's going to be a reverse effect. I think when Spider-Man Far From Home comes out, because I do think people are going to see that movie that haven't seen Endgame, and they're going to see that movie and go, holy fuck, what the fuck happened? Yeah. And go and see Endgame. Endgame. I think Woo! it's going to be opposite of like when Endgame gave Captain Marvel a bump, I think Spidey is going to give Avengers Endgame a bump yeah. when it comes out and make people yeah. go see it again. Like, yeah. whoa, wait, Man. we had no idea all this shit happened. Oh my goodness. Because it tells yeah. you everything. So exactly. uh, just mark that down. Yeah. Sure. And we talk about that. We talk about the overall success of Avengers Endgame and if it got 
if it will get Avatar into tomorrow's segment, which is the industry news segment. So make sure to listen tomorrow night for that industry news show, and that's going to be fantastic. It is going to be fantastic. Hell yeah, hell yeah. New movies that are out this week. Detective Pikachu, finally. Now, I saw an article. This is a theory, which I don't think it will happen. But I saw a theory that said they think this whole Pokemon universe is going to dethrone the superhero universe. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. No. Yeah. I, I don't I just don't think the fandom is there for that. Uh maybe internationally. It, yeah, I mean it's got a huge market internationally. Yeah. That that's true, but I just don't think it'll ever catch fire here domestically. Yeah. And I mean they've they've tried this. Remember Universal was gonna like, you know, oh, we're gonna build our monster universe with mm-hmm. the mummy and Frankenstein and werewolf and uh, and their first one out with Tom Cruise mummy failed miserably yeah, and that bad. was the end of that. Exactly. No, we're not gonna build a universe. Uh, yeah. Like I just And what'd we see that article that said Tom Cruise is the most bankable fucking yeah. actor bullshit. Not yeah. anymore. He exactly. was, but not any And they had RDJ at like six. Bitches. Yeah, like what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. yeah, everybody. He, in my opinion, right now, the guy. He is box office. Since this box office segment, we're talking box office. RDJ is ruling the box office he is. right now. I personally, if he's in a film, I will see it. Yeah, I mean, agreed. And it's just. Yeah, uh, Tom Cruise. You know how you can prove Tom Cruise is not at the top of the box office anymore because he has to keep making a Mission Impossible? Exactly. And he had to go back to Top Gun. Exactly. That's how you know. Like, if you're making movies that are outside of your huge hits... And they're failing, you go back to your hit. Exactly. Because that's, and you know. That's, <sighs> that's what he's doing, man. And it's it's kind of sad, but Although because he wants to stay excited. relevant. I am a little excited yeah, for Top Gun. Yeah, I am too. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm excited for Top Gun. <laughs> I'm one of those people that just wants to hate Tom Cruise, yeah, but then but I like all his then movies. Sometimes it's like, you're damn like, it, damn it. I know. <laughs> I'm one of those I mean, people too. You see too. him jumping on Oprah's couch, and it's like, what a douche. Yeah. But then you see Top Gun, and you're like, yeah, yeah. Danger Zone. Or like, I mean, it's just. <laughs> Damn it! Same boat, man. Same boat. I think like that's everybody in the America. I know you want to hate like, this short little shit of a guy, <laughs> but then he does these awesome movies, like Last Samurai. Oh yeah. my god, one of my favorite movies yeah, ever. But like, I can't. Fuck. It's Tom Cruise. Yeah, like you think Tom Cruise, Last Samurai. No fucking way. Then you watch it and you're like, No, Tom Cruise, Last Samurai. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Fuck you, Tom Cruise. Oh my god, that's kind of how I felt about uh, Keanu Reeves for uh, Forty Seven Ronin because I wasn't a Keanu Reeves yeah. fan, but then I like I worked my way back into right. it. Right. Right. So, you know. Yeah. 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 So, other stuff that is coming out this week The Hustle, that is that Anne Hathaway (laughs) comedy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And uh, Palms, which I I didn't watch the trailer for this one. No. No. So, I have no idea. You think the Hustle song will be in the Hustle? I mean, maybe. (laughs) It has to be, right? Yeah. How do you have a movie and not have that on the song? Exactly. It's Anne Hathaway and that girl from uh, Pitch Perfect, which I can never remember her name. Oh, Rebel Wilson? I think so. Oh, yeah. yeah. Anne Hathaway and Rebel Wilson doing the Hustle. Yeah. Like, that should be in the film. And if not, you're welcome, filmmakers. Go change that shit. This go should do be. it now. Maybe it's on the DVD extras or something. But it exactly. should be. It should be. Oh, my goodness. Well, movies that are already out, of course, <laughs> Avengers Endgame, uh, The Curse of La Llorona, Breaking Through, which is a Christian movie, not a horror, um, <laughs> Captain Marvel, The Long Shot, or it's just Long Shot, The Intruder, and Ugly Dolls. Now, guys... There's been some uh, some theories that saying Detective Pikachu might knock off Endgame. Maybe. I'm saying maybe, but I doubt it. I personally doubt it. I think Avengers Endgame will be number one with around 60 to 70 million. 
I think Detective Pikachu will be number two, though. It'll be close. I think they're going to get around 50 to 60 million. So either which way, if Pikachu goes higher, if Endgame goes lower, like it's all it's all for one and one for all. <laughs> it's true. And and again, though, I just feel like the only thing that I think is giving Pikachu a shot is when you open as massively yeah. as Endgame opened. It, but you don't make those numbers unless everybody ever goes ever. to it yeah. on the first weekend and they did exactly so if it's falling off by the third weekend it would make total sense yeah agreed i mean agreed uh number three i got the hustle with around 13 to 18 million number four i got five or i got pumps with around five to ten million and number five i have the long shot with around five to ten. Million. I want to see that movie. I do too. I know it's honestly. one of those that just unfortunately got slammed in the middle of Endgame. Yeah, it did. But uh, I I like both the actors. Tully was fantastic it with was. Charlize Theron. Yeah, and I I've always been a Seth Rogen fan. And this idea of this woman's way out of your league, but you can get her right. anyway. Kind of I love those stories. Yeah, and it's know? cool too because I guess uh, Charlize's character babysat Seth Rogen's character when they were younger. See, and then they like found each other when they were older. How crazy is Isn't that? Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that is insane. I know, that man. But yeah, like I said, uh, Avengers number one. I think that Detective Pikachu will be number two, The Hustle number three, Palms number four, and Long Shot number five. There you go. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't disagree with that. I yeah. think that's that's accurate. Yeah. Well, so. I, normally, I have when I throw. Yeah. Out, like, yeah, I don't think so. I'm gonna do this. Mm-hmm. But I think that's accurate. Yeah, I and you, accurate. I just want to say it because I like being right and I like proving you wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> last week, you contested me on Captain Marvel. I did. Yeah. I thought it would maintain the bump, yeah. but it did not. It did not. It did not. It did not. Because that creepy motherfucker smile. I can't remember his name. Dennis but that Quaid. Cre- yeah, Dennis Quaid. That creepy motherfucking smile. Um, I, was, I was about to make a yeah. really bad. Joke. Where are you? I'm not going to. Just not, not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. All right. I'm not going to. All do right. It. Then we'll transition <laughs> into IMDb Pro's top trending segment. Oh my gosh! This, by no surprise, is the top film is Endgame, and I think it's going to be there. I, I mean, honestly, I don't know. I heard it was a short too. Like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in and out real quick. Yeah, yeah. like around like 20 minutes, yeah, something like sure, that. Sure. Uh, hey, bullshit. Whatever it takes. Uh, <laughs> Dethrone Avatar. (laughs) Right. Bring those blue bitches down. Oh, my gosh. Uh, TV series. This is by no surprise Game of Thrones. And we don't get to go in depth about the coffee cup. I know. Because Tavia is not here. We can't talk coffee cup. We can't talk uh, Jon Snow. We can't talk boobies. Without Tavia. Without Tavia. We can't talk boobies without Tavia. She would kill us. We really can't. But we're thinking about you, Tavia. Yeah. We were like in the store the other day. I was like, oh, she'd want that. Oh, she'd want that. We're always thinking about Tavia. Definitely. Definitely. And this next one the top trending star which i love because this is another one of my new favorite marvel superheroes brie larson captain marvel she is the top trending star that makes sense yeah she's killing it right she now. is I mean, man she is all you over. got that uh samuel jackson and her film on um unicorn yeah on yeah, netflix right and her directorial debut have you caught yep, it yet i haven't i started I need watching to. it and i and and it's brilliant is it it's absolutely a phenomenal oh, job for her directorial debut yeah. in my opinion yeah i i like it's one of those where kickback have some wine yeah. or whatever you're privy to. Privy yeah. to. And, and, and and you will thoroughly enjoy it. Hell it's, yeah. it it's it's really kudos. Oh to man, her. I gotta kudos watch to that her. one. Yeah, and you one. know, I saw actually an article right after Endgame came out that said she would be willing to direct an all female Avengers. Which I think they're wholeheartedly maybe setting up because have did you see they're running commercials from Endgame 
that spot. Really? Where she's like, she yeah. shows up and, and, uh, and, and, yeah. and she's got help. Yeah. It's that. And then here comes uh, Valkyrie on Pegasus. Uh, it's yeah. that whole scene. Spoilers if you haven't seen yeah. it, but oh well. Where they're all there. And that was a commercial spot. Damn. Like Avengers Endgame now playing. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, they're definitely pushing that. Hell so, yeah. That'd be epic. It really would be. Well, but I... you got to put Emma Furman. Yes, definitely. You got to put Emma Furman. And you got to put Kate Bishop in there. Yes. And Tony's daughter. Yes. I yeah. mean, so if you're going to do an all female version, they've got to be in it. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Agreed. Agreed man but anyway guys thank you for coming and getting crazy on this box office segment i drove we dropped it a little later today but you know we're busy we're busy doing a lot of shit and get you can play along with us get imdb pro exactly get this app if you are involved in the entertainment industry you need this app this is how you contact publicist agencies you contact just anyone who's involved in the entertainment industry it's such a great tool and you track everything you know how we always give you the box office numbers and we tell you who's trending and all All that's on the app it really is find out the box office results you can you can track your favorite stars find out who's trending yeah every every literally everything's on the app it is get the app get the app uh amazon prime it will give you free if you have amazon prime you already have imdb pro so just letting you know billboard chart toppers oh man we got a little bit of the same from last week and we also got some different stuff i mean let's talk about i want to do it a different way than we did last week i want to work our way up to the hot 100 and the top 200 albums because i feel like those are the those are the big ones those are the ones that everybody knows they don't know much about like you know the vinyl and the the artists of the week and all that different stuff But that's what we're here for exactly educate people exactly can i do it in like casey Kasem? of course yeah you can you do you see you're ryan seacrest but (laughs) i'm casey Kasem because i'm old school yeah yeah (laughs) maybe i'll even give the sign off at the end who the fuck who you the don't fuck know knows? It's gonna be fun. Oh my it's goodness! <laughs> yes, and this week your hosts are the one and only Mouth. What up? And myself, JLo, fantastic. Oh man, like we said, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Some older stuff, some newer stuff. Let's get started with the top vinyl album sales in league with dragons the mountain goats the mountain goats yeah we we took a little <laughs> listen to this man. before the show, and uh, <laughs> this is definitely like some. I don't, 70s James Taylor acid trip yeah, music. Yeah, yeah. See, I, I'm I'm getting a feel like a um, who out there remembers a Three Dog Night mm. or Yes? Mm-hmm. Like you know, yeah, some just some tripping. Remember those really colorful album art covers, like with the dragons or like Boston had right. a great one with like a spaceship yeah. on there. Kind of like that, mm-hmm. kind of that feel to it. Yeah. You, like you said, very acoustic James Taylor, but then kind of like a rock yeah. country hillbilly thing. I don't know. Drugs. Hey, drugs, <laughs> yeah. It's definitely really interesting. And plus, they uh, use a lot of different instruments, so I guess that's why people would want to buy it for vinyl. Well, yeah. I mean, I think it's a any anytime you kind of get a sound that throws back to the 70s you yeah. know early 80s why not go vinyl yeah. i mean that's you're gonna get the best sound i think i don't think honestly this album would translate digital i honestly i don't think it would either you know I, at yeah. least not as well yeah like that's not one i'm plugging on my ipod no, or my iphone and like, just to listen to. like yeah. on a drive i feel like that's definitely something you listen to while you're like trying to go to sleep or just chilling <laughs> it is definitely not something you listen to on a road trip smoking <laughs> yeah you know, you know, you know. eating a little munchie uh, I, I don't know but uh, it's definitely definitely um good for them <laughs> yeah good for them oh my goodness now it's time for the top digital album sales it's a new one this week it is pink hurts to be human yes uh, this one it's doing pretty well so far it is doing pretty well. it's got the huge hit walk me home which is i feel like belongs in a movie yeah 
Absolutely. Like, to be honest, walk me home in the dead of night. <laughs> like I could see it at the end with the credits rolling. Like, and I was surprised to learn that Pink hasn't had as many albums as I thought. No, she ha- only has like four or five. Yeah, and well, and I mean, she has taken some gaps off. Yeah, to, you know, to get children and and different things. But um, I like this one because I always feel like her best albums come when she delivers ballads. Yeah, and she's got she's got some good ballads. She on does. There. And uh, I I like I think I mean don't get me wrong I get into her rocker stuff yeah. I get into her hard stuff but she can sing yeah. and when she gives you those impassioned ballads I really like those yeah um so yeah I like this one and now definitely one I would throw onto the iPhone or the you know yeah digital and, and and play when agreed. I'm jamming down the street yeah, yeah she's got some huge features on this album too on hurts to be human she's got Khaled on on love me anyway she's got Chris Stapleton a bit. yeah like yeah. It's crazy to have Talk like a about country epic uh, crossover. Yeah, you know JT. Thank you. Yeah, uh, right. I mean Stapleton is killing it. He bro. is. He is fantastic artist. Getting around everywhere. I'm absolutely proud of him, and he's mixing well with the different genres. He is. Honestly, he, I totally see him with Pink. I mean, it, it, he's a great collaborator. Yeah, really is. Yeah, seriously. Now it's time to move on to the top actual hard album sales. Now this one goes to a Christian gospel group. The uh, Hillsong United, and it's for their live album, People. Now, we listened to this before the show, and I can definitely see a huge congregation like just singing along to this with a huge band out in front stage. I, I, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, this is, you know, gospel's making a comeback. Mm-hmm. Gospel Agreed. and Christian music is making a comeback. Oh, what's her uh, face there that was just a uh, former contestant on American Idol? Mm-hmm. God bless. I can't remember her name, but she just won <laughs> Grammys. Oh, wow. You know, for, for her Christian. And, yeah. And, I mean, I think it's, you know, I don't think we're seeing a resurgence like the Amy Grant days. Right. But, right. but you're seeing it. And, uh, you know, that's yeah. a good thing. And it translates to the film and television side, too, as well. Breakthrough, just that. Just Absolutely. came out that I thought was a horror movie. That was actually a Christian movie that had like, uh, who was it? Mike Coulter attached yeah. and the girl from This Is Us. Yep. And yep. Uh, well, look, I mean, truth be, I mean, those faith based movies are are doing really well. Yeah. At the box office these days, and even on on streaming and on television. Mm-hmm. And so there's a need for faith based and or slash Christian music. Yeah. And I think there's a reason we're seeing a resurgence in it. So, yeah, you know. exactly. More power to him, man, seriously. And the next one, the top streaming song, still, by no surprise, Old Country Road. <laughs> still, everybody's in the back yes. with their horses. They got those Gucci jeans, all that good shit. Yeah, I love uh, this song. I, I, so, seriously, man. I, it, I know. It's now one of them songs, like, if I hear it, I crank it, and I'm singing it. Yeah, like, seriously. It, it, you know. And did it grow? I, I, I felt like it was one of those that had to grow though yeah like initial you're like what the fuck is that but then you're like no wait a minute i like this yeah and now it's just like yeah i gotta hear it yeah i mean and it's only like a two minute and 20 something second song so you know people are hitting replay (laughs) because it's so catchy it is catchy that's it i I think that that nails it perfectly it's catchy exactly even if you hate it you you'll find yourself humming it down later on you know you're like oh shit like damn it damn it but but, because it is it's just got one of those melodies and tunes that you just carry yeah it's awesome yeah definitely definitely now keeping with the digital stuff the top digital song sales goes to me by taylor swift featuring brendan urie panic of disco's brendan urie <laughs> i gotta tell you yeah i gotta tell you the music video is interesting it's it's very interesting yeah <laughs> um 
Look, I loved it though. I'm not. I'm just one. I did not have any edibles or smokes. <laughs> uh, I, and I watched this. Yeah. And I thought maybe yeah, yeah, I, I had ingested like, something. There's something <laughs> slipped in my drink. It's, it's like, very. Um, it's like a pack of Skittles exploded onto yeah, the screen. Seriously, all kinds it's of like rainbow Alice colors. In Wonderland meets like Mary Poppins meets a whole bunch of different meets shit. the Doors meets the Doors. <laughs> yeah, remember Jim Morrison's videos back in the day? Kind of like that. Kinda. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it was tripping, but was. but I love it. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I think it fits Brendan Urie perfect. Yeah. I mean anybody who's a fan of Panic at the Disco or just him in general, he's a very over the top flamboyant yeah. performer. Yeah. But he's great at it, yeah. and he like I'm sure that's why Taylor reached out. Like this is my guy. Agreed. Got to do. By the way, little Taylor's grown up. She is man. Man, she's looking good. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. She she's kind of really come into her own. Yeah. I think she's found who she is as an artist now, mm-hmm. and she's owning it, man. This agreed. And I will say because you guys know we do some film stuff and television stuff. You know, more on the creative side, and from a filmmaker standpoint or a videographer standpoint, this was visually very it, stunning. Yeah. It was seriously. extremely creative. Yeah. And the song. Yeah, like it had a good message. Yeah, yeah, it had a good message. Be like, <laughs> love yourself. Is fun. Yeah. Oh, that message. Yeah, yeah. That that was so stupid. God damn. But uh, look, I like Taylor Swift. Okay, yeah. I know I'm gonna take some heat for that. I'll we'll take some shit for that. I like Taylor Swift. I yeah. liked her when she was country. I liked her when she was doing her little thing. And and I I like her now. But mm, this song, I'm more of a fan of the video than I am of the song. Yeah. If I'm gonna be honest about. Uh, yeah. It. Well, that's the only chart that it is on. That song is on this week. So well, there you go. You know. I mean, (laughs) the next one is top radio song. Speaking of another high production value video, Sucker by the Jonas Brothers. It's still there. It's probably like the fifth week it's been there. Yeah, I can can see that. Yeah, it's just another one of those catchy songs. And and radio friendly. Yeah, if you will. Exactly. I mean, it is one if you're if you're pushing the buttons going through the dial. Uh, it, you hear it numerous times. Yeah. I mean, it, it is, I will say the other day when I was driving, I was like, it was on, you know, and, and I pushed the button and it was it on the was next on channel. Yeah. And then I, I was able to get to a channel, but then I went back and it was on the other channel. Right. So it is one of those where if you're listening to the radio and surfing, you're probably going to hear it multiple times. Yeah. It's- honestly, <laughs> not going to lie. Not going to lie. Now the next one we go to is the artist of the week, which is pink. Yes. Deserved, well deserved, with her new album that just came out last week. Um, I love the interpretation she did of the Greatest Showman with a whole bunch of people. Oh, man. I heard she was like the main person behind that. Yeah, and and that makes me think. And if you guys listen to the show, we got industry news coming. You know how we drop these things every day. But I heard a little tidbit, and it was uh, dropped by Hugh, dropped by Zach, and then confirmed by Hugh. Apparently, mm. apparently. Greatest Showman 2 oh, is officially in the works. Really? Yes. Oh, shit. Yeah. Going to continue the adventure. Yeah. So that's... I, I mean, why not? Exactly. It, the movie kicked ass. The Everybody soundtrack loved kicked it. ass. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> wants it again. I mean, yeah, who doesn't want to sing it? Yeah. I proudly belted out those show <laughs> tunes on road trips across the country to California. You know. I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah, he's still it's, trying to get me to make a music video. I am. Hugh Jackman wants to see a music video of us. We want him on the podcast. We got to do it. Exactly. Uh, and exactly. He's, a, he's a song and dance man, so yeah. we might have to do a little soft shoe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't a little, know. A little tap something. A little, a little something something. Uh, but. <laughs> uh, now it's time for the two big boys, the top 200 albums, and the top are the hot 100 Let's start off with the top 200 albums. 
by no surprise, she's been all over this Billboard chart, chart toppers show. Pink with heart hurt or hurts to be human. See a trend there? I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. She's just taken over. Like I said, "Walk Me Home," hurts to be human. Can we pretend? Featuring Cash Cash and "Love Me Anyway," featuring Chris Stapleton. All of those are the singles on the album. It's really good, honestly. Yeah, yeah. no I, one is going to be disappointed. I feel like. Pink was Gaga before Gaga was Gaga. Honestly, she was kind of like the outcast. Yeah, and know? refused to change. Remember, you hear all the stories about how they tried to get her to, to yeah. conform and yeah. be different, and she's like, "This is me." Yeah, well, who I, I am. mean, you remember them putting her on that song with uh, Christina Aguilera and yeah. Little Kim, yeah. and yeah. So, yeah. so I feel like she she was you know good for bucking her. the system and singing who she was before it was cool to do so. Yeah, exactly. and good for her. I yeah yeah you're right. I just I love seeing her at the top. I love seeing her have these resurgences, and mm-hmm. I, I'm big fan, big fan. Yeah, seriously, seems like everybody is falling in love with her, and other people are falling in love with Hot 100's number one song. Old Country Road. It's still there. It's still there. Still there. It's still been, there. It's been like 10 weeks on the chart, and it's, I think, the fifth or sixth week at number one. So Absolutely. I mean, honestly, I haven't heard of anything that I think might replace it. So I think it's going to be there a couple more weeks. Yeah. No. So I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. I'm happy for yeah. it. I'm happy for what it's doing for the genre. I'm happy what it's doing for the culture and the mixing of the genres because, I mean, people are so put in their little box where they say, oh, hip-hop's for African-Americans, uh, country music's for white people, Hispanic music is for Hispanics. Like, no, no I want to listen no. to everything. Exactly. Which brings us to our request and dedication. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> Emily writes in, Dear Crazy Ass, <laughs> I need a song that balances my boyfriend's love for hip-hop and my mother's love for country music with a little bit of rock for my dad. <laughs> well, Emily, here's your request and dedication. It's at the top of the chart. Boom! We Billy got Ray. it. Yeah. Billy Ray. I mean, come on. I dude. know it's I, I so just, good. I, I told you I'd get Casey Kasem. That's in there somehow. Had to do it, man. That's great. Oh my goodness! But thank you guys for tuning along, man. It's been fantastic to get to come and get crazy with you guys. Make sure to follow us at all social media handles, Crazy Ant Media on everywhere you can find us. Uh, make sure to follow us individually at JLo Fantastic and. Crazy Ant Guy 1970. Yeah, that's right. And make sure to like and subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast. Anchor, Spotify, Google Play Music, Apple Podcasts. We love all of you guys. Uh, make sure to leave some comments. Let us know what you like. Which segments do you like the best? Because y'all are amazing. You are the reason we do this show. Oh, man. And make sure to go to our website, crazyantmedia.com, where we have our professional bios, our Inside the Crazy Ant Farm page, where you can watch videos of our podcast. And you know we haven't done an in-the-studio video in a while because we're about, you guys know, we've been talking about it. We're about to make the move out to L.A., and that is where we're going to do in-studio interviews with our celebrity yes. guests. Yes, I'm so excited about this. That's going to be so, so epic. I think the fans have been wanting to see this. I know we made one post about because our our, our guy Riley B. Smith, he's yeah. gonna he's gonna be joining us in studio. He's really excited about, it. and it went nuts. It did. And Rebecca Kennedy is gonna be joining. We have so many people lined up that are gonna be in there, and and I think the fans are. Uh, this is gonna be a big thing. Agreed. It's gonna be a big thing. Agreed. They, and not only that, they love when we, but they're gonna be able to see their exactly. favorite celebrities. You know, it's gonna be so cool just to interact with them and see their reactions yes. off of stuff. That's yeah. gonna be the, my favorite part, uh, probably. Mine too. Who doesn't want to see their favorite celebrity get crazy with us? Exactly. I mean, come on. 
Come on. Because oh, you know we'll bring out the crazy. Hell yeah. You'll probably see your favorite celebrity do things that they normally wouldn't do. Oh, my gosh. Because we, we bring the crazy. Hell That's yeah. I mean, it's going to be <laughs> oh, fun. Oh, my gosh. And on our website, make sure to head over to the merchandise page where you can purchase a shirt designed by myself or Tavia Marinovich, the company logo Bonk, or the Inside the Crazy Ant Farm logo. They all look absolutely phenomenal. You guys, you need to get it. They, seriously. Yeah. Seriously. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. We appreciate everyone who has purchased a shirt so far. You all are fantastic. And man, I just can't thank the fans enough for this. We're like Marvel. We just appreciate you guys so freaking much. We do this for you. Yeah, you guys don't understand how important it is to us to be able to do what we do every day for more than a year now and to be able to live our dream, our passion. It's because of you guys. Like J-Lo just said, we couldn't do it without you guys. Yeah. yeah. The fact that they've kept us around it. I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> it's amazing, I'm just right? saying. We appreciate all of you. You know, one day we'll have a live audience and we'll be like, you get a car, you, you get, get a, a car, car you, you get, get a, a car. car. And you know who does that? The one and only Oprah!